And welcome to episode three, three, three of the Saturn Studs podcast. I'm Kurt, joined once again by my alphanumeric co-hosts Peter and Jake. That's right, Kurt. We are in fact composed of both letters and numbers, and also maybe meat, but not not to you. We're on the internet here, and we're we're on the internet here with our latest edition of the cast, the Par Mitzvah. How do you know if your cheese is properly aged? Send them through the trials of, of manhood <laughs> with, with the par mitzvah. The parmesan mitzvah. <laughs> yeah. What the um, uh, the the Romano rabbi, <laughs> the, the Reggiano rabbi, the Reggiano rabbi. That sounds like a fucking wrestler nickname. <laughs> oh my! God. It's the Reggiano rabbi, rabbi. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Obramowitz. Gary. I, I'm trying to think of a good pun. It's like fucking string cheese is the more. Is like the, <laughs> the, the curls, yeah, the curls. What is the cheese. is the Torah written on sheets of Swiss cheese? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's on craft singles. <laughs> it's just a craft single. <laughs> now I put that as a joke. <laughs> now unwrap your Torah. She's good. Mmm, <laughs> Velveeta. <laughs> I wonder what passages they're gonna read out of. Mmm, uh, the chosen any- cheeses. <laughs> Ironically, I don't know what you need to make cheese kosher. I don't know what cheeses are and are not kosher. Let's. I mean, I'm not gonna. You know what? I'm gonna catch myself. We're not going down the cheese dietary rabbit hole in the first two minutes of the show. Um, we have I don't things think, to talk about. I don't think cheese is explicitly not kosher. Yeah, I think I cheese, know cheeseburgers are. Well, yeah, because that's, well, you can't have dairy and meat yeah. at the same time. Right. That's not kosher. But the process of making cheese now it might be kosher cheese. If the facility makes more than one thing, um, I don't know what else they would make in a cheese factory other than just cheese, but maybe different kinds of cheese, and then they have to have a rabbi bless the factory. <laughs> All right, this is the only this is, this is the only comment I'm gonna make on this because I have no idea where we are, Jake. Um, but in general, according to to I Gourmet. <laughs> Instead of iRobot, it's iGourmet. iGourmet, the leaders on uh, the High Holy Diet. <laughs> it's me. It's my lovely assistant, iGourmet. <laughs> um, in general, cheese is considered to be kosher if its milk was taken from a kosher animal, made with kosher equipment, and was, the cheese was produced under rabbinical supervision. I really, I, I know that's a thing. And I just forgot about it until now. No. I want to go and like I want to pick the brain of like the in, the industrial rabbis. Yes, Wait. I've always I've always wondered about Where this that myself. Milk coming always, from? Let me let me look at it. With, I always wanted to go to the Hebrew National Plant and just see the rabbi blessing them as they come down the production line. God, <laughs> like so he's got a bag of the he's got a bag of the the yellow Pepsi caps that he just pulls out and bestows upon the factory. Like those are the smartest rabbis because they're making the real money. You know, yeah. they're they're in it for the cash. They didn't go to rabbinical training for the for the good or the perpetuation of the Jewish faith. They were in there for the money. You know, I gotta say, I, you know, Catholic, 
Christians look at Catholics and they're like, oh, what? You guys got to like get up and kneel down and you got to like give up some shit for like land. Like that's crazy. I'm just it's like, yeah. I'm Have you heard imagining. of like Judaism or or Islam? Like I'm, that's so much worse. There's so many well, dietary depends restrictions. On, depends on how uh, how faithful you want to be. Yes, like, of course. I mean, not all Catholics give up anything for Lent. Not all Jews eat kosher. Mm-hmm. Not all I, Muslims fast for Ramadan. Yeah, I will say That's I think the best part of being an industrial rabbi is that instead of having that little pen that you use to read the Torah, you get a CNC machine that just rasters <laughs> across it. You up, you upload it as the 3D print file. It's on a, it's on a, it's on a tablet. It's on an Amazon <laughs> Kindle. <laughs> <laughs> That's this that's what the galaxy thing. flip is. The fold, yeah. <laughs> the fold, yeah. Z fold. I will now open my fold, and I will read that, from that, the. Oh I, damn it! An ad. I don't want to say it like that. I never want to have to say that for someone. Like, can you reach into my fold and get? Hey, go grab my shit. folds. I have multiple. I phones. feel like most people would just call it their phone. No. I, oh no! If I get a fold, I am absolutely calling it my folds. I don't. I don't necessarily day. go around to uh, my girlfriend and be like, "Hey, can you hand me my S twenty FE?" Mind putting your hand in my folds and uh, uh, looking up my text that I sent the other day. I've got money. I've got. I can I think pay I would. You. Just let me get into my folds. Oh damn! I, I didn't close I my last browser, and it's just. It's just a bunch of Arby's sandwiches. I always sandwiches. forget to clean my folds. <laughs> where where we, is your fold, Jake? We, where is where we're is getting your the best today? folds? As we are we are coming at you live from the kingdom that that the sun never sets on. Beautiful, luscious it's India. The, it's Inglaterra. their slogan. It's their slogan for. For Britain, that's why they put it in quotes on everything. Kingdom where the sun never sets because they just took over everywhere. They just they just Correct. stole everything and and uh, well, they took over strategic locations in the right time zones. Yeah, they, they just made sure they just wanted that title. They came up with the title and worked backwards. <laughs> yeah, they're like, okay, so this is where we need to go to make sure that we cover this time of day for this time zone band you know japan's pretty cool they got i don't think it's a coincidence that uh the time zones start in greenwich Mm. it's a conspiracy greenwich mean time yes we're not called greenwich pleasant time for a reason we're (laughs) coming at you and we should really do um if we're really faithful to the movie we should do two openings we should do another three, hello. Three. Were there three? Well, the three never yeah. did it fully have the RRR. There was a prologue one, and then there were two character introductions, uh, and then the movie. Well, started. yeah, I think Jake is referring to the uh, the splash screen forty minutes in. With yes, the title. forty fucking minutes in, and I said again, <laughs> I'm starting the movie again. Honestly, the movie would have been a palatable length. If it started there, yeah. <laughs> but then we wouldn't have the and then over the top starts scenes. in an hour again, right? Yeah, there was one shortly after that when they when they um, when they did the awesome trapeze move under the bridge, 
And they were like, look at them, they're best friends, no, no, I'm talking hands. like halfway through the movie. Where was that? Wait. Which the one? Attack at the Palace. Attack of the Palace? Right. What is this, the next Star Wars they, movie? They're grabbing each other's arms, and then it, it doesn't do RRR, but it fades to the... The, uh, the, the song, right? Game. That yeah. says, oh. um, and that's that's what we're reviewing is RRR. Do you think very yeah. timely, very very present? You know, very modern, very only five months after after it came out. You know, but I think it's the perfect time because I'm also just now seeing like movie reviews for RRR for people who finally got down to sit this fucking behemoth out because I got ten minutes in last time and I said, nope, I can't. One of my favorite things about this movie is its Netflix description, which is basically it just bragging about how successful it is. It says it's been viewed for like 47 million hours or something across all the languages. I'm like, well, that's that's a little disingenuous when your movie's three fucking hours long. That's like when fucking uh, Wes Anderson. That's like two viewings. Yeah. See, you're. When Wes Anderson made the longest stop motion movie ever in Isle of Dogs. But yeah. it was one minute over the last guy. Yeah, like Cor- it beat Coraline by like 35 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> and it cheated a little kind of <laughs> to do it. <laughs> See, now this is just, they shouldn't do that because that's just encouraging India and Bollywood to just be like, all right, they, uh, want, Jake, they want long movies. This is a Tollywood movie. What do you mean Tollywood? It's it was- a different section of India, I guess. It was released in, it was originally... Uh, recorded in Telugu. Yeah, which is and why then, the Hindi version even is dubbed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which I guess they they dubbed their own lines because they because the main the the main actors speak a bunch of different. I would I would assume that most people in India at least are conversational in Hindi because that's the most spoken language. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Where is man? I'm let, glad let we live where. in America. We're Americans and number one language. Hell yeah! Yeah, hell yeah, brother. America. I speak in a Yihadi language. <laughs> Y'all Qaeda. Y'all Qaeda. <laughs> I'm a proud member of Y'all Qaeda. I speak Yihadi. Yihadi. <laughs> I have committed Yihad. I'm as American as jalapeno schnitzel. Let me tell you. <laughs> So it looks like it's a, um, it's kind of like, I'll call it the East Coast. (laughs) It's just like the middle, it's halfway up on the East side. This man's going to make me pull up a map of India. (laughs) I mean, you don't have yours already pulled up? Um, I did not. India map. Halfway up on the East side. Okay. Sure. I just take the left right, uh, take take the left at the Indian Ocean, and you're there. Just yeah. Boom, boom. Take the Magellan Highway. <laughs> Magellan Highway. I'm Magellan like a felon. I wish I knew more Indian people so I could ask them if they watched this and what they thought. I thought about talking to Rehan today about whether or not he's ever seen a Bollywood movie, and I was like. Is that racist? No, if I ask him, I don't think it's racist. It would be racist to assume that he did. Uh, Okay, all right. Um, I think asking covers my ass. It's a learning experience. So I I have met somebody from India 
I know one of their people. Um, and I used to work at an Indian company. <laughs> okay, we get it. You're cultured. But I've talked to one. And, well, the... <laughs> <laughs> the culture there is, uh, is, I mean, it's really cool. So more often than not, they probably live with or are, have lived with extensively their extended family, who are probably more Indian. Because there's no space. Yeah, well, but also like like he lived here and he like like was with his uh, like mom and dad and then his grandparents were with them as well. And he's like, yeah, I'm I'm gonna be like living with them for probably the rest of my life. Like that's just their culture is that they'll like they pay your way through everything, and you just got to take care of them. It's like built in nursing homes out of your kids. Uh, you just make them super like well off and and rich. It's a very family. Yeah, it's a very Asian uh, yes. thing. Yeah, filial piety yeah. and whatnot. So um, it I mean they probably dig these movies like old Indian folk, they're probably like, this is a shit. Like, I don't even need subtitles. I understand well, what judging, you're saying. Judging from the reviews of this movie, which I yeah. can tell by the way they were written, were written by people from India. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> they're a nation of hype beasts, and they hyped this up like it was the second coming of Jesus Christ. Um, we'll, we'll discuss later in the program whether or not we felt that strongly about it. Uh, but first, we will... We will round up some trailers on this mercifully short edition of Trey Watch in before 40-minute Trey Watch. <laughs> We're booking it today, kids. I, I shot, oh. shot a lime juice. It's fortified my teeth and my mind. That's what acid does. It makes your teeth stronger. So I can so, take a so that was like legitimate lime guys. juice. We had no idea what the fuck you were on about. Yes, that, that was in fact a, it, it, like a, a heavy... Heavy shot, just of lime juice. I thought that was just to just to wake my. Do you do you have scurvy? That's <laughs> what I asked. It's, it's got, it's it's the low calorie treat that can't be beat. <laughs> what it have a sip of limon? But it's sour. If it's not sweet, it's yes. not a treat. That's true. You walk. Remember right the prophetic you know what? I, prophetic words I am... of Moose. <laughs> I am uh, John Travolta radical. That's part. That's my alignment. However, I okay. Here's what you. I I'm want limp biscuit neutral. John Travolta radical. Shouldn't it be Nick Cage neutral? John Travolta radical. No, I'm. I'm. Those Nick are Cage. the two axes. I'm. Pro, I'm Nick Cage good. Pete, you gotta get those. You gotta get those uh, drops you put on your tongue that make sour stuff sweet. Like it fucking reverses the, your tongue. The miracle miracles. Yeah, and you gotta put one of them the on, Mary and berries. then you gotta do the shot, and then it'll be like, oh my god, it's a treat. It's, sweet. it's a strange conversation, but we live in a strange world. That's the first trailer. We're going to talk about trailers now Ooh. in the trailer segment. <laughs> no, no, no. So, Kurt, <laughs> we can't, we can't get on track. <laughs> now, Kurt, I have a really important question to ask. Do so you think that? that this movie might be about family? You know, they really were subtle with their messaging. So I can't say for sure, but I can say that there are multiple generations of the same family. So I, I can predict that family will at least be a sub-theme. Do you think trauma will also be a thump? Su- a, th- that, a thumb. A thump. A thump. Uh, a a sub-theme? Yeah, I feel like perhaps there might be, 
he didn't seem too happy to see his father, so I think there might be some some reconciliation yeah. between estranged family members that goes down. Nice. That that seems like that could be something that happens in this movie. But, you know, it's too soon to tell. It didn't show on the trailer. Makes sense from the same studio that brought you Encanto, the uh, the definitely Encanto not light. family generational trauma. And, and Onward, yeah. definitely not a movie about uh, young men dealing with the loss of, of a parent. Is this Pixar or is this... Uh... It's Pixar. Just Disney, okay. Or... Pixar, are you, are you okay? I, I mean, I'm sure... I'm sure any Disney 3D animated movie also comes out of Pixar. Uh, they just slap the Disney badge on it. <laughs> Disney, are you okay? <laughs> do you want do you want to talk? Like, I got I got some we got some time. We can uh, we can set up a Discord call. You if you're just now coming to the realization that Disney has issues with parents in their movies, I don't know what to tell you, Jake. That's been a meme since before memes were memes. Well, no, I think I think um, recently they've they've really hyped it up and, and gotten into some of the meat and potatoes of just of uh, of the generation. Do you remember how Bambi starts? It's fucking oh, the deer gets shot. It's right. a deer, dude. Nobody cares about that shit. And like, Jake, you mentioned potatoes, and I think that's really important because. Our main character's nose. What's oh my a god, potato? the noses! What is <laughs> up with potato? the noses on these people? It's like they're I think Jewish. they're trying. They're, they're trying to keep balance on the people. Like the noses grow, but the Pixar mom ass also grows. Like it's proportional. <laughs> we're gonna fucking. We're waiting until we get to the critical mass where they just make the clown movie. They're just this gonna make the clown movie. Straight up fucking yam. Hanging off his face. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I well, I got to see more more footage before I make an assessment on the ass. But I, I think we might be at a, a point where the nose to ass ratio is a little off, and the nose are getting too big, uh, and they got to dial up those. They got to go back back in time to Incredible Incredibles mom ass levels. That's we'll never get something thicker than than that. I. You know what? I don't want to say this, but I'm pretty sure Elastigirl's faking it. Well, I mean, yeah, she can just she can change her body to any shape. Do you really think that's her real ass? I also Come don't on, have a problem think about with it. it. <laughs> I'm not saying I have a problem with it. I'm just saying I don't watch of... hentai for the plot. You, you don't. You don't set a good example <laughs> for your children, lying about the size of your butt like that. <laughs> I don't watch hentai for the plot, but I know that's not a real octopus. <laughs> or they're not actually like it's a paid actor. Sister. It's a paid actor puss. <laughs> But they were clearly acting. I know she's not a 600-year-old demon that looks like she's 12. That doesn't exist in the real world. She's actually just 12. But but for real, I do have I do have a question about this trailer. Okay. So they go to the strange world, right? That is assumed assumed to be the center of the earth, I feel like. It has to be, right? Right. I I don't know. I have I have no idea. They go wherever the strange world is, yeah. but what is the regular world? Is it like n- normal Earth time, no, or is this a alien farm? Is this one of the, the? Is this one of the farm worlds in the Imperium? Is this a? Is this a sneaky forty K movie? Oh, they go into the warp. We're seeing what Wally ran away from, like what, like 
so you know how they're all connected, right? All the universes are connected in some way. So oh, you're going. This is, oh, it's this. Theory. This is like right before Fuck. all life on Earth went boop. And these were like the last people who are like, we're gonna make this big push to, to you know, renew the Earth, and then they get lost. And they're the reason why the Earth died. And yeah, Wally that's had how, a, That's what happened in Wally. I don't fucking know. He's a robot who found a plant on Earth or some shit, and then brought it aboard a ship. You, Jake, the fact that you don't realize that Fred Willard was the ultimate undoing of planet Earth. Yeah, means that you need to go watch Wally I guess again. I do. And, and we see plenty of. Of Earth, they finally let Fred Willard do color commentary over the entire planet, and look what <laughs> happened. It was a mistake. It was a good time for the the five years that society uh, was in collapsing actively. Um, but once it had finished collapsing, uh, it was a less good time. Well, whatever it is, how many push-ups s- do you think I could do? <laughs> Let's find out. <laughs> well, whatever it is, when the sun burns out, we're all dead. <laughs> it's, it's likely true. Yeah, but it's very true. I don't think... Well, we don't know. No one's ever seen a star burn out. How can we know for sure? Maybe it's just like a light switch going off. <laughs> Could be. Could be. It's my, it's well, my life going No, we won't, we won't even see it burn out. We'll all die when it becomes a red giant, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. At the and rate then, we're going, we're going to kill ourselves off and we've got well, 200 yeah. years. So. And then we'll be brought back by some teenager, in quotes, for, uh, like like in this trailer, for the loneliest boy in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all remember Warm Bodies? I said, kind let's of. do five of them. <laughs> this, is, this is like Warm Bodies, but Plural. about friendship <laughs> and not romance. <laughs> Oh, Warm yeah. Bodies was the zombie movie, right? Yeah, was? where yeah. the girl was, like dates a zombie dude. Yeah, and love was like the final thing that made him turn back to human. I, think. I never saw the movie. <laughs> Just know there was a zombie involved, yeah, and it was, it was a a teen romantic comedy. I was uh, I was thinking Swiss Army Man, where he uses the <laughs> the dead body as a Swiss I really Army I really should watch that, considering yeah. we watched um. Wait, was it everything everywhere all at once? Was the same the same guy oh, who did that? Maybe. I think so. Yes, it, it was good. It was fine. It was it was okay. Um, yeah. So my favorite part is that they got our favorite announcer back to do this trailer. I don't remember his name. Don Don Lafontaine, right? Um, I don't think it was him. I'm nine nine percent sure he's dead. Okay. They got the his best in his understudy. So there there were three guys that did like ninety percent of the trailers. I don't know the other two's names. Um but yeah, mm-hmm. Don LaFontaine passed away in two thousand eight. Um maybe Hall Douglas. Perhaps. But this summer Hall Harold Douglas. We figure out who did the trailer voiceover for the loneliest boy in the world. Harold Douglas was okay, so probably not him either. <laughs> um, it's this is it's. I mean, it's being campy, you know. I think I think Hollywood or the the movie industry is finding a good balance between uh, horror and spoopy. This falls firmly on the spoopy side. 
Yeah, I mean, it it looks like a a cute enough movie, I guess. Um, Definitely for younger viewers. Um, It's fine for what it is. I don't think it's going to be something that is going to interest people outside the target audience too much, Mm -hmm. but I can see this becoming like a... uh, one of those we'll fondly remembered childhood movies for a lot of yeah. people. I would take my hypothetical child to watch this instead of Hocus Pocus to the re the re- If Hocus my thing. hypothetical child were were a girl, I think I'd take it to Hocus Pocus. Mm-hmm. Because that's like that was the sleepover movie amongst young girls for That's true. You have you ever. have that experience by being Yes. Surrounded by <laughs> I have I have secondhand watched Hocus Pocus about nine times. I can tell you nothing about it types. Yeah. except that there's a fucking a zombie at one point in the movie yeah. and it loses its head. And uh yeah. That's, that's about all I everyone out. You never you never saw Hocus Pocus like fully? I I watched I've that never sh- like sat down and, and paid attention Hocus to it. Hocus Pocus was about some kids who find a candle. Yeah, I, I know they find a book. candle. They summon the Sanderson sisters. Yeah. They wreak havoc on a small town, and there's not really a lot of consequences to what no. they get up to. It was like a it's, Disney Channel original movie. I think it was very. There's not like stakes. There's not like... Yeah, no. it's it's a uh, heck raiser. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Mama Razor Hill Razor stress getting beige. <laughs> speaking of Hackraiser, that that's a trailer, Hellraiser. Hellraiser. So the reboot. If, if I'm not mistaken, uh the guy who did the art direction on one of the Hellraiser movies was an Alfred alum, wasn't he? Oh well, taught at Alfred for a little bit. Hey, that's that would be cool. That's the yeah. that was I, the thing. I remember hearing something to that effect. Uh but yeah, Hellraiser. It's uh it's the the other horror franchise from yep. I don't <laughs> that know era. the details of the plot, but now that like this seems like a a, a good synopsis of what what the story it was is like there's the puzzle box and they solved the puzzle box and and the hell the, gets raised out of it, and the maybe they go into come. the box. Yeah. Um, I now understand where Kazuki Takahashi <laughs> got his. He he may have seen this movie once or twice in the nineties. Well, what? Let's got see. Some when ideas. Did, when did Hellraiser come out? Let's go to Wikipedia. Keep my keep my search history clean. On a separate note, that was. I, I do I just remember now again that Kazuki Kazuki Takahashi is no longer with us. And That's I'm, true. I'm he's saddest. he's passed on. Uh, Hellraiser released in September tenth, nineteen eighty seven, and as we all know from looking at the back of a Yu Gi Oh card, Yu Gi Oh was copyrighted in nineteen ninety six. So probably some inspiration there. Um, this is uh, Clive Barker who did the original movie. Um, is back for this uh, TV series in some capacity. Oh, it's a T. Oh, All right, it's a TV. Series. Oh, it is a TV series. Or, or maybe it's a movie. Maybe it's a. It might be movie. like a Hulu original. Let's see. Uh, it's an upcoming film. Okay, it's a movie. 
I saw Hulu and I assume TV series. Hulu is doing, as I understand it, like Hulu is one of their specialities or one of their um, focuses is snatching up classic, classic, and also schlocky horror properties. Like they have the Blumhouse like extravaganza. Like Blumhouse released like an anthology series with them. Yeah. Um, and they're doing this and they're doing, um, well, um, I was going to say, where's the fucking uh, Rosaline? But that's that's just scary for a different reason. Could they could they actually say original movie, uh, even though it's not an original movie? They just bought the rights to it. It, it kind of well, seems this, like a shit. This movie's original. Right. I should say Hulu exclusive. Is it? Well, this right. it's a new it's a new movie. Sure. But it's just a reboot of I mean, an existing IP does not make it unoriginal. A new movie yeah. unoriginal, at least not in a technical sense. Like it's an original feature. It's not like they bought Hellraiser and re-released it pretending it's a new movie. No, I they, know. They, but it's just like I don't know, I just I feel like it's a little bit a little cheating. Well, it's you know what you know what was cheating is when Netflix made the fourth season of Arrested Development and started calling Arrested Development a Netflix yes. original series. Yes. I, I <laughs> that was cheating. That's fucking <laughs> cheating. Stop, stop it, Netflix, you dirty bitch. For the fourth <laughs> season, they called it a semi-original series. Semi-original. But for the fifth season, they're just like, nope, it's ours. We we did it all along. Ignore those. First three seasons that aired on Fox and were much better than anything we produced. <laughs> no, sir. That was, that's all us, baby. It's all natural. All natty, boys. The, the, the natural, movie does natural. look good. I, I wonder... I haven't seen the original, so I have no context if this is like even remotely close to what the original was like, but like it seems like a neat premise. I like the whole like, hell and, and different well, probably dimension and fucking puzzle box that stabs you a bunch of times and gore i'm a a big gore fan i think it was a genuinely scary movie the first one and it was i mean it had it was in that heyday where like the horror movies that came out where they hit the box office so hard that you could just make 20 sequels well, I think this was actually, I think the original Hellraiser, I got the page up right now, I don't have to think about anything. Um, so it was it was a smaller, like, independent movie, at least the first one. It re- was made for a budget of $1 million and brought in 14.6 at the box office, uh, which, let's, uh, let's do that math into an inflation calculator. Uh, inflation calculator. I mean, they got Pinhead to come back and different actor, but that, I mean, uh, they they did for those however are, big Jake, it was. Those are the original pins. Yeah, <laughs> however big it was, it it made probably one of the most um, like notable, I guess, villains. Yeah, definitely iconic. Like, yeah, iconic. That's what I'm looking for. Um, ba, 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 ba. where's my scene? Oh, right. Okay. So if I toggle the browser, that's the wrong window. That's the Probably open up a lot of people's eyes to like sadomasochism and stuff like that. <laughs> and was like, I don't 
out. Let's try it. I, I, I kind of feel bad for anyone who's awakening as a child was Hellraiser. Yeah, that'd be that'd be a rough one. I He's think. He's kind of hot. <laughs> Ooh, leather. That mm. looks fun. All right, 1987. <laughs> we got our inflation calculator up here for the the video folk watching this on YouTube. In 2022. I purchased an wait. If in 1987 I purchased an item for 14.6 million, you know, as you do, 14 six zero 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 thirty eight million dollars adjusted for inflation. So that's that's a nice nice little return. It's pretty tight, yeah. Um, and that was enough to get you a franchise. Yeah, I mean, well, and it made thirteen million dollars of profit. That's uh, that's straight cash, baby. <laughs> that's can't. just that's all going into the next one. That's free real estate. Um, let's see how the other ones did. Uh, Hellbound, Hellraiser two, uh, made twelve million dollars. No budget listed. Okay. Hellraiser three, Hell on Earth, made uh twelve point five million. So it was consistent. Consistently profitable. Hellraiser Bloodline made $9.3 million on a $4 million budget. <laughs> mm-hmm. But they still decided to make a lot more <laughs> Hellraiser Inferno. $2 million budget uh, straight to video. <laughs> yeah. Hellraiser 6, Hellseeker. Yeah. That was 2002. Um. Yeah, no, no budget information there. Uh, debtor, Hellraiser, debtor. <laughs> These fucking titles. It's just autobiographical <laughs> at this point. It's uh, Hellraiser Eight. Please, please let us just film this. Hell World. So two of them, two Hellraiser movies in two thousand five. Uh, one in June, one in September. So three months apart. Yeah, I. This is what. This is the point in any um, horror franchise where the canon starts to fall apart. Yeah, and then there was a direct to video. That was the last hurrah until 2011, when there was a direct to video uh, Hellraiser Revelations. That which, you can tell that one was made in 2011, which uh, was made for a whopping three hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> And then, how, I guess it was, well, someone decided to give it another try. Um, they said Halloween did well yeah, with, Hel- the, with Hel- the same name reboot. Hellraiser Judgment um, came out in 2018. It cost $350,000 to make and made $426,000 at the box office. And now we have the new Hellraiser coming to Hulu. <laughs> Holy how, shit. How much I, is this one going to make at the box office? Everybody... Type down in the chat below. Put your predictions in. Put and your if predictions. You... Pause this video. How much is this Hulu movie going to make at the box office? Guess the box like. office. What a prize. Pound subscribe and leave a comment down below how much is going to make. It engage. probably isn't going to make. We uh, command you to engage with the algorithm. Yeah. <laughs> it probably is not going to make that much. Seeing how it's a Hulu exclusive. I disagree with you, Jake. Hulu I think it's Hulu. it's made its money already. 
It's, but not at the box office. Unless they the, take right, it that, to the true. box office and say, hey, look at this money. Which, I mean, you know. <laughs> I made it here. <laughs> if they released Honk for Jesus, Save Your Soul, in, uh, in, the, in the box it's office. It's a double feature with Hellraiser. <laughs> oh, my God. That's... <laughs> Going to your local drive-in. <laughs> it's also kind of sad that Honk for or Jesus drive through. We learned released. about drive-through theaters yeah. last week. <laughs> wow. Uh, so you know, come for, come for the Hellraiser. Stay for a Bardo false chronicle of a handful of truths. Um, more oh, oh movies should use this song in their trailers. I forgot you know that this quirky. song was around, and I love this song. It makes me it reminds me of uh, Across the Universe. I was gonna say, not since the mid 2010s have we seen uh, the Beatles being used yeah. in a film soundtrack. Sergeant, um, or when? When did? Um, excuse me. There was when, uh, what was that? Yesterday? Or yes, that's the one. When did yeah, that one come out? Like two years ago. <laughs> Bullshit! That came out in 2011. That doesn't count. <laughs> I assure you, we 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 talked about it on this very show. Uh, twenty nineteen, true, but it still came out when I was in middle school. Yeah, twenty nineteen. <laughs> that may be the facts, but my own personal perspective. <laughs> I mean, the movie says yesterday, but it did not come out I'm yesterday. I'm from the universe where yesterday came out in twenty eleven. <laughs> Uh, and this is from the director of Birdman, so that's relevant and notable for you all to to be like, hey, this from is a good Birdo movie. From to Bardo. Uh, and The Revenant, uh, which also director of Revenant and Birdman, what a repertoire. Resume. Those, those are so, not the I same mean, movie. No. Those are, in fact, will... different movies. <laughs> This this man has the director what do you really finally, think about he has given up not... on realistic filming. He said, "I did that. I did the period shit. I did the actual film locations. I'm filming a man with a bag of axolotls in a house, <laughs> and there's gonna be like Spanish American War soldiers He's just got running his... throughout this whole thing." I mean, I get it. He's got his bingo card to fill out. Every SAC membership comes with a bingo card that you got to do. And that's optional, but this man is like, I want that prize. I want that jacket that I get once I do one of all of these crazy genre movies. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm reading the description of this movie, and it sounds like Cinema Paradiso, if there were a sequel to Cinema Paradiso, <laughs> where it's just him all, it's just all the old old filmmaker Back in his hometown, having an existential crisis. <laughs> like this is this visually, this looks like my my our commencement. Yes, <laughs> this is the visual equivalent of our college, our undergraduate commencement. Um, now the trailer that we see is just like not really any talking, no talking, I think at all. Um. And just a series of events happening. Um, that is that the movie? Uh, I, I assume it will have some variety of plot. Are there just My... a series of scenes that the guy was like, "This look, this would look cool on a camera." Um, I don't, I don't know if it's going to be quite 
Lucy territory and just devolve into being that with uh, the weakest of plots mm-hmm. to stitch them together. Um, I don't know. I feel like a lot of the events we see in the in the trailer, like there are there are events that are clearly um, realistic. Like this movie appears to be set in more modern times. Um, and this is so. This was. This seems like a like a Latino movie, right? Yeah, it's a, the guy's Mexican. Oh, Latinx okay. is what because they, they are. That is. That is a feature, as I understand it, of a lot of Latin cinema. It's just like the the extra. <laughs> it's very very fantastical in well, that kind oh, of way. My 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 prediction is that um, as part of the the existential crisis he's having, he's kind of like in his own head having visions of these more like outlandish things mm-hmm. and it's gonna You're be telling ju- me the lady does not actually have fried egg tits and it's gonna be juxtaposed against you know his reality yeah. and the the climax and resolution of this movie is going to be him coming to terms with those two separate things and kind of they so all right i'm putting money on this now that we all have a scene where one of these things happens and it's like a full set piece scene and it'll go the whole way, and the scene will end with a hard cut to him standing in the very mundane reality where the scene started. Yeah, I, I would expect that, that is, as well. That's that's like the fucking ketchup on the on the fries. But you know, uh, egg this tits. <laughs> that's the that's the Tabasco sauce. Please, on the fried egg please tell me you do not put ketchup on your eggs. Yeah, I don't. I have family who does. I used to and put ketchup on scrambled eggs, yeah. <sighs> All right. All right. It's a corollary. Ketchup on mac and cheese. Where are we on that? No. Not a fan either. Okay. No. However. I, I also do not do that. Apparently ketchup on, I used to do ketchup on If you want cheese. tomato flavor in your mac and cheese... Cut up some fucking tomatoes and throw them in your mac and cheese. I don't think they do, though. I think they want ketchup flavor at all right. their mac and cheese. So Alfred State would sell like um, some late-night lunches or late-night dinner, dinners, mm-hmm. and they would have the option for grilled cheese. And they didn't really have tomato soup. I never understood why. But we would grab a fuck ton of ketchup packets and just dunk them in that. And that fucking slapped. That's some fucking sloppy steak sounded bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was Alfred State, so we're amongst uh amongst friends. If you're okay. if you're all doing like, it, you're not weird. <laughs> like weird like it almost horseshoes back around to being like a a popular accepted food cuz like a bacon egg and cheese, the New York breakfast staple, often comes with ketchup on it. Yeah. Like you get bacon egg and cheese ketchup. Um, and that's the cheese, and you know yeah. it doesn't have the the bacon or the egg, but it would have the ketchup. And we as we just talked about, people do put ketchup on their eggs, so it's all like it's it's almost all there. But it's weird. Yeah. I wouldn't put egg on a grilled cheese and then dunk it in ketchup. I wouldn't put egg on. It I would put place. I would put mustard on a grilled cheese. I have done that. Huh? 
I don't. Sharp that... cheddar, brown mustard, maybe a couple pickles. Uh, no, definitely well, no pickles. On toast? Absolutely. You're just making a sandwich. You're just making a different sandwich and heating it up <laughs> at this point. You're just making a sandwich you're without throwing. Meat. You're just clearing shit out of your fridge. And putting it between two slices That's of like, bread. Don't worry, Kurt. I'll never make a. I'll never make a grilled cheese for you. I promise. That's like saying, you know, sometimes I make a grilled cheese, but I put like lettuce, tomato, and bacon on it. Yeah, and it's and just I, like little funky. And add-ons. I don't put cheese on it sometimes. It <laughs> and then you like, then you don't you don't toast it. Sometimes you don't make it a grilled. You just make it a. You just do the bread. Oh wait, have you, you guys have read the you guys have read the um the melt rant, right? The Reddit melt rant? No. I'd, okay. Let me Is let this me, a rabbit hole I, we gotta prepare ourselves for? It's just one on copy to... pasta. <laughs> oh oh wow. Okay, well I have too the much... algorithm got me again because I typed in Reddit and the first the first result is grilled cheese. <laughs> It's and it is because I was we were searching up cheese earlier. We have wrapped yeah. around the cheese. We have given ourselves the cheese wrap around. Uh, but here, let me read. The, I will read this and then we'll move on. Speaking of cheese wrap, <laughs> I'll yeah. We will move on from this. All right. So from from the man from from the poster, uh, fuck blue shells. This is thirty nine and a half thousand upvotes. Uh, eight years ago, you people make me sick. A grilled cheese consists of only these following items: cheese, bread with spread, usually butter. That's it. Yeah. This entire subreddit consists of melts. Almost every grilled cheese sandwich I see on here has other items added to it. The fact that this subreddit is called grilled cheese is nothing so- short of utter blasphemy. Let me start out by saying I have nothing against melts. I just hate their association with sandwiches that are not grilled cheeses. Adding cheese to your tuna sandwich, it's called a tuna melt. Totally different. Want to add bacon and some pretentious breadcrumbs with spinach? I don't know what the hell you call it, but that's not a grilled cheese. I would be more than willing to wager I've eaten more grilled cheeses in my 21 years than any of you had in your entire lives. I have one almost every day and sometimes more than just one sandwich. Want to personalize your grilled cheese? Use a mix of different cheeses or use sourdough or French bread. But if you want to add some pulled pork and take a picture of it, make your own subreddit entitled Belts because that is not a fucking grilled cheese. I'm not a religious man, nor am I anything close to a culinary expert. But as a bland white Midwestern male, I am honestly the most passionate person when it comes to grilled cheese and mac and cheese. All of you foodies, stay the hell away from our grilled cheeses and stop associating your sandwich melts with them. Yet again, it is utter blasphemy, and it rocks me to the core of my pale being. Being shit, I stopped lurking after three years and made this account for the sole purpose of posting this. I've seen post after post of people's grilled cheeses all over Reddit, and it's been driving me insane. The moment I saw this subreddit this morning, I finally snapped. Hell, I may even start my own subreddit just because I know this one exists now. You goddamn heretics, respect the grilled cheese and stop changing it into whatever you like and love it for what it is, or make your damn melt sandwich and call it for what it is a melt. They came for him because he spoke the truth. <laughs> that that man speak of the true true. That's in that's in the Reddit Hall of Fame. Wow. I've, no lies detected. No. Good. All right. Good on him. And I think that with that we'll conclude Trey Watch. Yeah. Um, uh, shout out to Rosaline for, you know, being 
I guess Gen Z Shakespeare. Yep. Gen Z Shakespeare and uh, Hotel Artemis star Dave Batista <laughs> is in. Uh, oh yeah. Knock at the cabin, which I guess was adapted from a book, but I prefer to think that this is the sequel to Cabin in the Woods. <laughs> it's an M Night Shyamalan Ding Dong movie, and I can't wait. For I'm sure it's gonna suck. The amazing <laughs> twist that's gonna blow everybody's mind. This was Hotel Artemis 2 all along. That would actually be an interesting twist. Cabin Artemis. And we will now move to the follow-up. And uh, let's take a look at our box office here. Pump up the... uh, Our box office. So this is for weekend 37 weeks into the year, boys. 38 almost now. Gross. We're, the, we're, leaves are, the leaves are coming down. We're uh, we're getting... Oh, shit. I need to buy a rake. <laughs> you know, that was like a thing that I forgot about, too. And what was it? They, ever, they either left a rake or our neighbor like gave us one. But it's a comically small rake. Like, normal handle. Oh. Just, like, very narrow. Right. So I could get, like... <laughs> You know, rakes are sometimes fucking wide. The right. Yeah. This is like you get three or four leaves per swipe. Right. If you're lucky. <laughs> yeah. I don't have. I don't I have a lot of trees. One at a time, like the rest of our hot-blooded Americans. Yeah. Mm. I don't have a lot of trees, nor are either of my yards particularly large, so I don't think it'll be too much of an issue. But yeah. I currently own no rakes. Um. Unlike the Woman King, which opened up and raked, <laughs> raked in the money. A lot of leaves out there. A lot of leaves in Africa. Leaves a lot from the Sub-Sah- Sub-Saharan Africa is known for its dense uh, foliage. <laughs> it's just leaf pile after leaf pile. You know, kids are jumping in them all the kids, time. Kids love it. Lions um, are hiding in them, you know. Parents, dogs. not so much. They got to check, check the leaf pile for lions before they let their kids jump <laughs> in. Uh, the Woman King, uh, which uh, number one in the box office with $19.05 million. Uh, That's gone up to $23 million thus far. Uh, a historical epic inspired, inspired by true events. <laughs> Much like RRR was inspired by true events, <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, you know it it is an, it is in fact uh, number one in our hearts and in our spotlight this week. Um, let's uh, let's give that a little looky loo here. Um, the Woman King currently chilling at a 6.2 on IMDb, 76% on Metacritic, 95% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. Controversial 99% audience score. Well, I, it was the one I checked last. Let's see if it's changed. Nope, still 99%. Uh, from 2,500 verified reviews. Um, this is not the first time Rotten Tomatoes has been accused of artificially influencing the audience score on movies Mm -hmm. and uh, i'm sure it won't be the last it's this is why uh, we we repeatedly like it's profiling against those with real reviewer traits yeah if you real reviewers are a protected class yeah 
if you if you have a reviewer that you like and trust, that's the way to do it. But Rotten Tomatoes, first off, no one knows how to fucking use the site properly. And that's Rotten Tomatoes' fault because they've changed it up to make it less usable. And number two, um, they've got so much shady shit going on there. Just don't, yeah. don't trust Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> yeah, and uh, a little PSA. If you know of like a real reviewer in your area, like you've seen them around at night or something like that, um, you know, put out a... Uh, a bowl of water or some yeah like give them Um, give them a cheeseburger you know go to the bridge that they probably live under and uh just give them i know others i know others will be like oh well then they're gonna start associating humans with food and like you don't want to like cross that bridge but like you don't know if they're like taking care of themselves or not so i mean what's the worst that happens they they start you know fucking attacking people like geese or seagulls yeah. on the beach like i mean i feel like this is a small price to pay to to ease the suffering and, and winter's right around the corner a winter's right around the corner and you really don't want like i mean i know alfred did this with cats all the time and they would leave like food out for them all the time but like mm-hmm. you know shelter your local reviewer and we we might we might in the future partner with like a, a SPCA or something. Yeah, like that. foster we'll foster a reviewer with a no-kill if you can. Shelter. Yeah, if you can, <laughs> if if you have the space to foster a reviewer, do it. We'll, we'll do it's like the, a catch. We'll do like a catch and release. Like they'll catch them, they'll spay or neuter them, and then they'll release them <laughs> back so they stop like multiplying. But like other than that, because you just don't want a box of like reviewer like pups. Just I mean, this chilling. is this is how companies like Disney. Uh, artificially manipulate the reviewer <laughs> scores. They go around and they spay, they spay and neuter r- r- the real reviewers so that their corporate puppets, uh, you know, can can drown out the real reviews out there. This is how they get the, This is how Disney actually gets their animation department fully fully stocked. Um, and their, <laughs> and their internship programs too. They send them through there first, so they can get acclimated to society. But it's illegal breeding rings uh, for their interns. And it's like it's like how they um you know like how they breed like dog breeds where they they exaggerate the features. Like you're gonna get animators with giant hands, <laughs> like three generations down the line. They can't even lift them, but they can like they can draw with them, but they can't use them for anything else. That's how the Mickey Mouse Club. These animators have real health problems from this irresponsible breeding. Have an animator with a pedigree. (laughs) Wait, no, a pedigree would be more inbred. I guess so. (laughs) All right. Well, let's 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 read our reviews of of the Women King. I'll I'll start with uh, with this review from. Everlasting slum for uh, the Woman King. I promise. Wow. Two exclamation marks. What a love letter. That is the best way to describe this film. I was very surprised when I saw it playing in my theater. And needless to say, I went and saw what it is. A love letter to the fans. A love letter to Mr. Smith's life experiences. A love letter to his characters. And a love letter to life all around. Watching this movie, I realized that I grew up with these characters. Made me realize my own age, lol, because I'm a lot like Randall. That's one of the reasons Clerks 2 was so special to me. (laughs) 
Screw you and your 36. I'll grow up when I'm good and ready. I did not expect the amount of emotions this film drew out of me. If you're a fan of the View Ask New Ask Universe, uh, Kevin Smith, Jay Randall, and Don T, then check them out. Check out this one. You will not regret it. Also, if you see it in the theater, stay till the end of the credits. 14 out of 16 found that helpful. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I did not expect Kevin Smith and uh, Don T to show up in The Woman King, but wow. Yeah, I, I, I'm seeing him his name pop up a lot in uh, some of my reviews, but these were not uh, favorable. So um, Slim Pickens for 1 out of 10, which is a little surprising, so I, I, I don't want to okay. read an essay. He's got to dip into the so, other ones. I'll do 2 out of 10, unrecognizable. <laughs> I remember absolutely loving The Woman King when it came out. Maybe they were talking about a different one. Um, The humor was fantastic for anyone who clicked, who it clicked. With that, jeez, I can't fucking read. Uh, The humor was fantastic for anyone who it clicked with from that generation. I wasn't a big fan of The Woman King 2, but it wasn't bad. This mess, this mess, just a depressing ode to Kevin Smith's mortality rarely funny and all the seriousness of a drama from typical c-grade female targeted entertainment oh i get it kevin smith proved after the few hits in the woman king mall rats and jay and silent bob he's become nothing but an unrecognizable creator devoid of any remaining talent a fake quote nerd icon who sold his creative soul to accommodate the fail the flailing the flailing entertainment industry. Two out of four found that helpful. Oh. Nice. Um I again, yeah. Weirdly slim pickings. I got this one. It's a seven out of ten. I don't do this often, but this one's pretty, pretty solid. From the one that you wanted, uh, the woman king, seven out of ten. Why do I feel like gambling on sports online? I used to always say Kevin Smith has only made one good movie, Clerks. Now I can say he's made two. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. The original Clerks is still much, much better than this. And frankly, this movie isn't great. It starts off good enough, but lags a lot for most of the middle. Then does a come out of nowhere character plot turn that almost made me give up on the movie until the end. Funny how a good ending can totally save a movie. This will be the last Kevin Smith film I'm going to watch because I will I know this will most likely be the best thing Kevin Smith will ever pull off. I cannot tell you how many how many hours I have wasted on Kevin Smith waiting for him to strike lightning in a bottle again. I highly recommend watching this movie if you are a Kevin Smith fan or a fan of Clerks. <laughs> Zero out a of 10. Of, a lot of talk about Clerks. Clerking. For the women king, you know. Maybe uh maybe there was a writer shared. Mm. shared you know, that's some, that's probably it. Who knew that co- <laughs> I don't know. That colonial Africa had so much to do with uh nineties nineties uh stoner. Yeah, looking uh, at the, the ten out of tens and the nine out of tens for, for the woman king here, uh usually you'll find at least one talking about like how great the, the lead actress 
wasn't yeah. in one of these movies, but no mention of Viola Davis in any review that I parsed. There were a few essay type reviews that I didn't I didn't feel like reading, but uh, uh, here's the other one I I pulled out here. It's a nine out of ten. Uh, fun and sincere, nostalgic and fresh. <clears throat> My girlfriend and I really enjoyed this movie much more than we were expecting. Visually, it looks great. The black and white shots are perfectly contrasty, while the color shots balance muted tones and colorful punched equally well. Okay, and muted tones and colorful punched equally well. That's that's a sentence for you. The editing is tighter and better paced than any of Kevin Smith's other films. There's a, just a few scenes that could be trimmed further if I was being a stickler but I never felt bored or disinterested with the pacing or length. It kept me in, daddy-o. No, there's no daddy-o. I just want to be clear. I, that was my editorialization. The rest of this movie will be, the rest of this review will be totally accurate. Yes. Narratively, there's a plenty of nostalgia here, as to be expected, but it rides the line without getting overly sappy or cornball. The characters are treated with respect for their past, but are still allowed to explore new emotions and perspectives, with real consequence. There is a lot of the past here, sure, but the present and future, these characters are still front and center. I'm looking forward to telling my family and friends about this being a pleasantly good surprise after all these years. Now hold that thought about chopping up your neighbors, 6 out of 11 found this helpful. <laughs> There's a lot of the past in, in the movie. Okay, good. That's good yeah. to know. And, uh, but the present and future of these characters is still front and center. <laughs> Daddy O. Good. Daddy O. Uh, finally, uh, Wicked. Huh? Oh. Are you going to skip Jake? Skipping me? Oh, sorry. I, I, I skipped him. I skipped I him on the camera Kansas. change last last go round because I so forgot. I wanna, <laughs> we're going to dip into the. Uh, we're going to dip into the. The controversies with the woman thing. I don't know if you've heard about it in the news. It's been doing quite a buzz. We were even uh, considering uh, covering it because we weren't sure if we'd get accurate reviews. Now, one out of ten. I only managed to stay for about 12 minutes. So this guy, he did not like what the woman, the woman king, king. The, the, you know, what Viola Davis in The Woman King was bringing to the screen. Clearly, the filmmakers missed the point. You can't have a film certificated as a 15 when it's aimed at the under 10s. Really what? infantile and not worth the money. I sat in a 200-seat cinema with five other people, none of whom seemed in the slightest huge engaged theater. with the offering. That's a, that's a really big theater. Go to an amphitheater. The the stet, the stet gave a very clear indication as to how the film was going. To be fair, I did get past the credits. Just, I tried really hard to try to see what the film was trying to say, but all I could feel was that those who created this tosh had a party the night before and over a number of glasses of alcohol, someone came up with this nonsense. The greater crime was that they actually created it. So that's kind of... 
Oh, oh sorry, I didn't realize you were done. <laughs> there, oh, there's more. <laughs> They're angry at the woman king. The faces of the other customers were all pretty blank and unsure exactly what it was they were watching. It strikes me that this was produced as a result of COVID and a need to try to create new films. Sadly, it failed to create any interest. Seven out of 43 found that helpful. I mean, $23 million is a pretty weak box office take. Now, that's kind of an interesting review because from the sounds of things, like the the verbiage they used, um, it sounded like they were foreign. But... uh, There's, there's no couldn't... international money for the Woman King. Yeah, no. So yeah, they sounded British. Yeah, I I thought British as well. Glad to know I wasn't the only one who who got that vibe. But yeah, this movie didn't didn't open in Britain. Gee, I wonder why. <laughs> who, who could have thought? <laughs> yeah, I maybe it just opened. I wonder if now. RRR was opened in Britain. <laughs> <laughs> Portrays their people in such a positive light. <laughs> Just wait for next week. They're going to open it in Africa, and it's going to have its real boom there. I'm sure it'll be all those African received. multiplexes. <laughs> yeah, just you know, they just got a projector and a film reel. Everything you need. Um, our yeah, our final one uh, from Wicked Healthy Shop. Oh, it's a Wicked Healthy Shop. Um, the Woman King. Five out of ten. My heart hurts. Just because a movie ends on a downer, that doesn't make it Empire. As much as it pains my fanboy heart, I cannot in good conscience condone, let alone recommend, The Woman King, which is a devastating disappointment of Jedi proportions. <laughs> the the at-first cute and harmless third installment quickly mutates into a banal, uneven, tone-deaf, manipulative, memory-tarnishing boondoggle, which culminates with an ending so egregious it borders on sacrilege. However, while this movie is 99.9% gratuitous nostalgia, (laughs) the return to South Benin is, at the very least, no cash grab. I've never heard of that African country. (laughs) Uh, Kevin Smith's intentions are pure, and his fondness for his characters and where he comes from is immense. But he seems to be in a weird place in his life philosophically. The once, procl- <laughs> the once proclaimed fat man has been grappling with mortality ever since his massive Widowmaker heart attack in 2018. It ap- and it appears existentialism has gotten the better of him. While Red State 2011 and Tusk 2014 were clearly made by a seasoned auteur who still has worthwhile stories to tell from a fresh perspective. Smith has no business revisiting his golden years these days, especially when he's deprecating his legacy. Much like the job would be great if it wasn't for the customers, Smith would be great if it wasn't for the midlife crisis. Grade C-. One out of two. When I think of the Atlantic slave trade... I uh, the first word that does come to mind is nostalgia. So yeah, that was a good review. <laughs> a lot of a lot of people I'm, have memories of that time. I'm very nostalgic of that uh, that era. All right, well that's the Woman King. That's the Woman King. Um, 
you decide. This, this, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you decide if it's if it's worth it to you. Um, not a, a lot of people uh, seem to be upset at Kevin Smith for his involvement in that movie. You know, I I'm, I remember when this was announced, and they they I think I remember seeing Kevin Smith come across. I, I didn't see his name like, anywhere in the credits. It's very weird. They said, you know, I don't know why he's getting involved. He has nowhere, no reason to be on set anywhere well, it, in this. It sounds like this is him revisiting his childhood. Maybe, maybe, maybe or that's like his what younger it is. days. I w- so, they did say it was infantile, so maybe this is a a throwback to when Kevin he was a Smith kid. grow up on a plantation. Oh, he grew up in the in the the, the desert, the African Sahara. He's far too pasty to have grown up in Africa. He had a lot of clothes. He, had, he wears those baggy jerseys all the time. Yeah. So, and the, that he's at, he's at the hat. He's known for the hat. That blocks his face he's enough. As well, he's just well acclimated. Um, barbarian gets displaced from uh, first place, down thirty eight point four percent. You want to know why they call it barbarian? Take, I, I I guess. Take all those letters, throw them in a throw them around, toss them around. Airbnb. Is that that if that is actually true and not like if that's an actual anagram and not like one of my anagrams? Yeah, no, that 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 is it, what they. It, it is. Um, Wait. Barbarian was the uh, working title for the movie in development, and they couldn't think of a better name, so they just went with Barbarian. Okay. Because it was an 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 anagram. Well, you see, except. It's not because there's no D. It's, I think they use and air B and B. Yeah, but there there need to be a, a D for and. Oh, or air B and B. Or air B and B is just and. It's air B and B. But then you have extra letters. <laughs> um, I didn't come up with it. They did. Well, it sounds what, like someone one, on TikTok was, taught was you wrong. It was like, <laughs> oh, I forget which one I, I tried to. I was like, I was so proud of it. Yeah, and then I pointed out that didn't work. <laughs> it was like eons or AI. Oh, oh, right. It, no, it was, I think it was Jake again, because it was uh, it was some movie like spelt backwards. Oh, Neo. Yes. <laughs> Neo no was one. once spelt backwards. <laughs> I'm so, and and I was I'm like, like, whoa, except, whoa, it so, is. <laughs> and then and me like, the, an intellectual is like, except it, it isn't. <laughs> it's a ween. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it is the one spelled backwards. That was an anagram that you confused for being a palindrome. Or, or not a palindrome. And my that's... brain even now is like Owen, like Cohen, like the Cohen brothers who made this movie. Like made, <laughs> made the, the Matrix. Matrix, yeah. Famous, the famous brothers. brothers who made the Matrix. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh. Um, in third place, we have Pearl. $3.124 million. Uh, that A24 same year release prequel to X. Um. Everything I've heard about this movie is that it's like one of the most disturbing horror movies ever made. I've seen that phrase in more than one review. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And on a completely different note, from Walt Disney Pictures, see how they run. They run. Uh, the detective yeah. caper in uh, the West End in the 1950s that uh, we thought looked decent uh, is not exactly a runaway hit at the box office, uh, bringing in just uh, $3 million in its uh, first weekend in 2,400 mm-hmm. theaters. It has since crept its worldwide gross to eight and a half million uh bullet train uh not a lot of movies getting a super wide release right now uh the woman king's in nearly four thousand theaters but uh nothing else has nothing else is over three thousand pearl's pretty close but it's it's a little under uh bullet train brought in 2.55 million down 23 percent so that's still making money a decent clip it happened boys Top Gun Maverick has fallen out of the top five. It's only taken. It's only taken seventeen weeks. Uh, it has fallen to sixth. <laughs> this may be the one that it can't pull up from. Down a mere twenty nine percent, despite leaving four hundred and one theaters. You see, that's why it fell out. It lost four hundred theaters. Jesus, <laughs> and it's still in twenty six hundred. Um, it brought in $2.24 million. It has not crossed $1.5 billion, but you know what? I still believe it'll get there. Because <laughs> why not? Well, yeah. They, they'll, they'll stretch it out as long as they need to. DC League of Super Pets continues its slide down the chart in seventh now, down 17.9%. So it's having some pretty decent retention. And it's only out of 207 theaters. $178 million worldwide for DC League of Super Pets in just eight weeks. The Invitation has uh, fucking catapulted down the boards here. Uh, In eighth, down three spots yet again. I think it was also down three spots last week. Um, It uh, $1.768 million this week for for Sony. Uh, 30 million worldwide, gotta imagine, still profitable endeavor because uh, yep. I can't imagine it costs more than 2 million to make that movie. Yeah, it's a Sony workhorse. Mm-hmm. Uh, Minions, The Rise of Gru. Still in the top 10. Uh, nowhere to be found. <laughs> Thor, Love, and Thunder. <laughs> so the humiliations continue. Uh, Minions Rise of Gru has made $914 million worldwide off the back of a $1.39 million weekend this past weekend. 12 weeks that movie's been in theater. Notably, uh, it's still in like about 2,000 theaters too. Yeah. Yeah. Compared to Thor's uh, 820 theaters. Yeah. Like so thinking about it, like it's out. amazing that I just, I just think about how I feel like Minions Rise of Gru did everything that a studio wants a movie to do like popular with kids and and older kids young and older kids um had a meme viral uh burst to start it out Gently, played gentlemen. the entire summer like it it was it was a movie that went all summer yeah so you you got all the summer traffic um and it made all this money in in a marvel uh you know, uh, contested box office. Yeah. yeah. So Universal is like, 
this is this is the man this is the man taking the half court football or you know the half court football shot and sinking the putt. The famous not only half Marvel, court. Not only Marvel contestant, but it also had that that like once a year like random movie company like Paramount, like Top Gun Maverick that yeah just makes crazy amounts of money. Like I think last year might have been 007. Yeah, I don't was the one that think there's a lot of audience overlap between yeah, minions and top gun i think there's more audience overlap between uh thor and minions well mm-hmm. and i'll say it i'll say it again i i really think that you find a good kids movie and if it's not readily available at home people will go see it again because their kids are just annoying as shit and be like i want to go <laughs> right. see minions again for the fifth time, and the parents would be like, "Fine, it'll shut you up for like an hour or two hours." I'm like, we'll we'll go we'll go see it, have some popcorn or whatever. Exactly. Especially or... if they have like AMC, like some of the the stubs list or whatever the the passes. Yeah. yeah, you watch this as part of like to follow up on like uh, Regal had those summer offerings where you could watch original Minions and like that mm-hmm. whole series, and that was you just if you had your Regal pass, you got to see those for free during the summer um so this is you know as as much as we for good reason shit on corporate and committee driven like movies that just get dumped out like this is the movie that they imagine they want to make like this will be a feather in the board of directors cap for like this is this did this met our expectations exactly how we wanted them to go how did this compare money wise to the first minions movie uh the first minions or the first um despicable first me? first minions oh the first minions movie probably the fucking gangbusters well i'm yeah, yeah i, I was, i'm curious if All it right, made so more money or not yep opening 115 million domestic yep um uh, the on a budget of seventy four million. Oh yeah, Jesus. Uh, Worldwide domestic, one billion. Yeah, domestic three thirty. Okay, so it did make more money. Like, I don't think anyone at uh, Universal is uh, surprised it did well, considering it's the sequel to a movie that made a billion dollars, and it made about a billion dollars. <laughs> um, I guess notable percentages. Um, domestic, it made uh ten per, about ten percent more domestic on the second the second movie. I don't know if that means anything, mm-hmm. but uh maybe maybe that was that little extra bump from that TikTok viral marketing <laughs> of the gentle minions, which notably wasn't their targeted age range. Like you saw Mr. Beast. Um you know, bring a mm. whole squad of goons who are like in their twenties. Well, out to go see that movie. I would argue that indirectly that was their audience because Mr. Beast's audience is going to be uh, teens and yeah. people who grew up with Despicable Me when they were kids. Because as much as I don't like to admit it, the time has moved on, <laughs> and the the kids who watch Despicable Me are teens now. I, I don't know what Mr. Beast's demographic is, but I definitely think they're on the younger side, maybe younger teens. Um, as well so it, it might overlap a little bit into that but then again you have 
you have that range, that's, and they might have like a brother or sister who want to go see this. And right, and that's and, the beauty also of kids' it. movies is like if you were a kid and you're coming into the the franchise on like the second or third, you can watch the first, and your brain like I don't remember. I'm sure there are f- f- uh, franchises that I jumped in the middle of, and I just couldn't fucking tell you because <laughs> my brain just like oh yeah one two three I've seen all of them. Of course I was there for, you know, fucking for Ice Age 1, which came out when I, well, that might have come out. So it's kind of interesting. Um, so the grosses, I just checked the uh, other three Despicable Me movies. Um, the first one made about $560 million. Second one made $970 million. Third Despicable Me made 1.035 billion first minions 1.1 billion so they peaked with minions now so this is now like is this like a reverse police academy situation overlap the minion screen time in despicable me over the three movies oh i'm sure it's increased dramatically increase the amount of minions in the despicable me movies therefore increasing the amount of one boomer memes that utilize those minions. More minions equals mo money. And, <laughs> yeah. And also maybe maybe more boomers are going to see it cuz they're like haha that's my funny meme. Well, I f- I'm you know I feel movie. like there is there like cuz with the with minions rise of Gru being set in the 70s and there being references that only the older folks and yeah. us strangely <laughs> got like the Don <laughs> Rickles joke. Um <laughs> I feel like they they're kind of leaning in a little bit to the uh, the boomer audience. Yeah. Could mm-hmm. be, you know. I mean, it, every kid's got to come in with an adult, so they essentially double their ticket sales, basically. Also, on the on the subject of time moving forward, do you want to guess how long ago Despicable Me came out? Despicable Me. Was that in like a 2008? So like that feels like 2014 14 maybe. years ago. Okay, you guys were closer than I thought you'd be. It's 2010. Okay. Oh. It's been Yeah, that feels right. Yeah. Like been 12 it feels years. wrong, but it feels right. 12 <laughs> years. So conceivably their kids or teenagers, teens, tweens who watched the original Despicable Me who now have kids of their own. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. Mm-hmm. I I don't like and it. And their grandkids uh, took them to see Rise of Gru. Any, <laughs> any kid who is younger than 12 has not seen the original Despicable Me. They were not alive to see it in the theaters. Yeah, there's probably a grandparent who's like, let's go see the Minions movie that I had to take your What's parents to. What's a fucking to. Minion? What's <laughs> Yeah, meanwhile, they're like a five-year-old little kid. They're like, min, min, minion. No, give me Paw Patrol or some shit. Whatever they're into. Coco Melon. Oh, look at this. Down no, in, not a five. <laughs> a Moon Coco Age Melons. Daydream rounds out the top ten with 1.23. Uh, that's the David Bowie biopic. Um, only 170 theaters, so they're they're slow rolling that. Yep. Yeah, shout out to um, oh. Ramastra jumping down from yeah. second. Big loser. From from second to eleven, everyone 11th. saw it, and they said, "I saw it. Good." Um, which means that if it stays in the theaters, because it hasn't left any theaters, so 
I, it it we seems are like wide open to have clear showings for this three hour, <laughs> or however long yeah. extravaganza. It it seems like it's playing big in India because it has a thirty four million dollar international box office, and I gotta think uh, a lot of that is India. <laughs> Shout out we to number forty eight. We got the re release of RRR. Oh shit. There it is. Three theaters. Probably to coincide, so you can go to your double feature of Brahmastra and RRR. That's probably what they did. Some some drive-throughs did a, a back-to-back Brahmastra RRR. Well, fucking seven hours of movie. Yeah, that's like that's got to be fucking like a loop around the the state, pretty much. Turn your car off. Yeah. Um, also, last shout out here. Um, below. Oh, oh wait, Clerks wait, hold three, on. That's yeah, out. Clerks um, down below 15, that, Clerks 3. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Kevin Smith has two uh, movies out. Uh, below hmm. that is Thor Love and Thunder, which is literally, <laughs> it, it's a double, you know, du- twice as far down as Minions is. I remember when we were worried that they were neck and neck and we wanted to see which one would hold out. Well, yeah, Minions but, won that by quite the margin, only $759 million worldwide yeah. for... Soundly trounced. I mean, I say only seven hundred fifty-nine million, but you know this is a big budget movie, and I'm sure their expectations were billion or bust, and they did not get there. Uh, but we got there and got through this edition the of the follow-up. We move now to gaming news, and uh, got got a few topics we want to touch on. Um, less so gaming news, more so tech news. Um, but we, we will talk briefly about, uh, a gaming related story that is something that is of interest to us all. And that is the launch of big mode, which is video game donkeys, indie publishing company. So, um, that's what he's choosing to do with that YouTube money. He's yep. He's he is. opened a studio I mean, that will publish independent games. Uh, so if you like Donkey's taste in games, uh, be on the lookout for what's coming out of Big Mode. A lot of platformers. <laughs> a lot of unique platformers. No RPGs. <laughs> no RPGs. No crafting. Just I, platform on platform on platform. Mm-hmm. I I do kind I do really uh, appreciate this approach. It's it, it's the same kind of thing that like a same way as a twenty four is with films where it's from the the curator first. Like if you, you go to a twenty four and you pay attention to them because you know they're going to be putting out a offbeat indie movie. Right, that's why. Yeah. Like, it's an A twenty. You call it, it's an A twenty four movie. You know, so I could see in the future, like, oh, this is a big mode game. It's yeah, the where... first big mode type game. <laughs> uh yeah. I watched the I watched the announcement for that today. Um, it was uh, interesting. I, I'm, I'm like, okay, that's fine. Um, I like your content more, but uh, it, it kind of struck me as like. You know when merch started appearing on like YouTubers like oh PewDiePie's got shirts now or something like that. 
right. then like it slowly creeped around everywhere. Everybody was getting merch. Everybody had a shirt or whatever. And Dr. Disrespect um, kind of was the first to say, I'm going to be a game developer. I mean, he had experience with it in the past. He moved to content creation, and now he's uh, opening up his studio and making a game. And now Donkey's mm. doing it. Oh. Not saying he's copying him. He's making I'm... a publisher house. So publisher. they're okay. not developing any games. They're yes. distributing developed games. Okay, yeah. So that's that's kind of the clarification that I think he needs to make sure of the people. Because he's like, because I think towards the end he clarified a little bit more where it's like, hey, bring me your game at any time. Like, I want to put my input in it. You know, I'll I, do whatever. So I just thought out. of this, right? So. Dunkey is going to be publishing and distributing these games through through Big Mode. He and Leah. Um, that means that, and he he did part of this. He's like he kind of issued it almost as a challenge because he's you know he wants kind of contentious like passionate developers where you say apply and make me want to publish your game, which means if he still produces content and if he links this in any way, we could get a a show where a prospective. Game, video game developers try to pitch their game to him in in a show that you might call uh, Dunk Tank. Dunk Tank, yeah, yeah. I yeah, could, I, mean, that would be I could cool. see him doing that a couple times. I don't think he'd do it often because I no. From what I my takeaway from the launch video is that he's treating this as a legitimate business venture. Mm-hmm. Um. So I, I'm sure a lot of big mode games will get reviewed on his channel. Um, you know, that's just synergy. <laughs> right. I And I just, well, I don't know. This is me just speculating because I don't watch a lot of large scale YouTubers. The only one I really like still watch it at this point is like Game Grumps. Yeah. Um, but they've similar. kind of, I mean, they've shown that like if, if you're at the point where you can put out content on a scheduled basis and have a running line of merch um, and can still remain relevant, then like you have what it takes to run a larger business. Yeah, a lot like, of these... Ingrams runs a show, like a touring mm-hmm. show and media. Yeah. A lot of these bigger YouTube channels, like I watch Linus Tech Tips, and they're more store than they are YouTube. Like, most of their money comes from merch sales. And I think that's true of a lot of uh, YouTubers. Merchandising. Well, yeah, especially on on YouTube. Um, I mean, he probably gets uh, still a good amount of AdSense. Oh, yeah. I mean, the the AdSense money is what it is. It's it's not the major, uh, not the biggest portion of the revenue. Oh, sure. Um... Another gaming story. This is probably uh, one of the biggest leaks that's ever happened in the history of leaks, and that is uh, Take Two. Uh, it's by extension Rockstar had a huge data leak, um, which included some early GTA Six footage. Um, it was one of the largest leaks in the history of the gaming industry, and uh, the legal crackback has begun. Take Two is uh, cracking down on any. Leaked footage of Grand Theft Auto 6, um, threatening legal action. Uh, Rockstar Games issued a statement on the leak, which I will read for you now. 
<clears throat> a message from Rockstar Games. We recently suffered a network intrusion in which an unauthorized third party illegally accessed and downloaded confidential information from our systems, including early development footage for the next Grand Theft Auto. At this time, we do not anticipate any disruption to our live game services. Just getting the important shit out of the way. <laughs> games as a service, we're going to keep that Still trucking. <laughs> Don't worry, your shark cards are perfectly safe to buy. No nor any long-term effect on the development of our ongoing projects. We are extremely disappointed to have any details of our next game shared with you all in this way. Our work on the next Grand Theft Auto game will continue as planned and we will remain as committed as ever to delivering an experience to you, our players, that truly exceeds your expectations. We will update everyone again soon and, of course, we'll properly introduce you to this next game when it's ready. We want to thank everyone for their ongoing support for the situation, the Rockstar Games team. Um, it, it, that's, it was... Definitely one of the bigger data leaks I can remember, at least that had public artifacts, like the footage was out there for you to see. Um, I didn't get a chance to watch it before it was largely scrubbed. I'm sure it's out there. If I want to see it, I can go see it. I don't really have it's on, a... Uh, it's on PC Gamer. The footage is still up? I thought the link got taken down. It's some of it still up. I don't know how many how how many they're like it's still on Twitter. I even looked at the link on Twitter. Right. Um, the YouTube video is. Hold on, I'm sorry. Did I just send you Control? Is this a different game? Maybe. Um. Maybe that's why I thought this was. I assume this was GTA because it looked like it was unfinished. And there was a, a screenshot of this, um, driving a Jeep or something like that. Whatever I heard, I, it looked terrible. Like, it's a leak of a of an unfinished game, yeah, so this it's looks, gonna be really bad. This looks like right. a control sequel. Okay. Um, but yeah, so like, I didn't, I didn't get a chance. It's out there. If 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 you have the desire to see it, you know, nothing's ever really gone from the internet. Um, I'm sure it's still out there. Um, but I didn't get a chance you can to see it. Play the leaked version on. <laughs> If you go surfing the sea, the high seas. Um, I don't know if it was like at a point where it would like run. People will definitely try. Yeah. <laughs> and I also, I, you know, I don't know a lot about game development from a technical standpoint, like what you need to do to get an early version playable. I assume it involves compiling, which would take quite a long time. Um, but yeah, that was a pretty big uh, story this week, and um, the other big story this week, rant incoming, is uh, NVIDIA has oh announced their new 40 series graphics cards. Um, yeah, the next series. So, uh, not, Better. not too long after um, the GPU stock crisis has, has largely been mitigated. And people can now buy GPUs for uh, close to their MSRP. Um, NVIDIA has decided that uh, they liked the scalper prices. And, and those are just going to be the MSRP now. Um, the value proposition for these cards is, is not really 
there. Um, and we've kind of reached a point, and it, it, it showed in their keynote. Most of what they talked about was like AI stuff and, and you know, processing and the NVENC encoder improvements and all, all this new technology that uses their, their AI. Um, and it's, it's pretty clear to me now that NVIDIA is no longer for gamers. Um, mm-hmm. And the, the prices reflect that. Everyone clowned when the 3090 was announced at $1,500. There were some people that justified it by being like, oh, well, they're replacing the Titan class cards. And those were always, you know, over $1,000. So it's it's not that ridiculous. And in fairness, when the 3090 launched for $1,500, the 3080 launched alongside it for $700. And the 3080 was only 14% or so slower than the 3090. So that was the card that gamers could buy and afford. And the 3070, which performed more or less the same as the 2080 Ti, the former mm-hmm. top-of-the-line graphics card, was only $500. So let's, let's, let's walk through NVIDIA's announced offerings here. Uh, leading off with the RTX 4090, which will be available for purchase on October 12th, uh, that rings in at a whopping $1,600. You can build that's, that's an entire high. system, and not even like a budget system, like a nice system for that kind of money. But, and I can't believe I'm saying this, this is the least egregious price of the lineup. Because it is only $100 gen over gen price increase. Uh, okay. Purportedly... It, you know, it has the 384-bit me- memory bus, pretty high clock speeds. I've never seen base clocks this high on an NVIDIA card. Uh, 2.23 gigahertz. Um, 24 gigs of GDR6 memory. 450-watt TDP. That's the same as the 3090 Ti, but everyone laughed at how much that is. And this is at a time where energy prices in Europe are astronomical. So you're already like cutting out a big chunk of that market because it's going to cost like a thousand euro a year, right? And you're in a market also where the it's gone down a lot, but the specter of NFT and cryptocurrency farming well is not, the, is not left us. Yeah, the, well, I, Nvidia seems to think that that's still like a thing because there's yeah. there's no way like they expect the average gamer to pay these prices that they can't. This is where, where the rage really starts to bubble up. So the 4090, yes, it's expensive, but that's the, that's either for professionals or the, I gotta have the best crowd. Right. The, the, the mega tech whales. Yeah. The RTX 4080. Now, remember what I said about the 3080s price, 699. That was the same price as the 2080, which that was the same price as the 1080 Ti at launch. So it did kind of shift down a, a half skew there for the same price. And everyone was upset when that happened with the 2080 Ti. Now, um, the RTX 4080, um, NVIDIA touts the 4090 as being two to three, two to four times faster than the 3090 Ti. 
that's using DLSS 3.0. So in raw render performance, it will not be nearly that much fast. And we're already seeing leaked benchmarks that show it is barely two times faster than the 3090 Ti. Mm -hmm. Um the 4080 is supposedly the same margin faster than the 3080 Ti. Again, press X to doubt. Uh, 256-bit memory bus, which is actually smaller than the bus on the 3080. Uh, 16 gigabytes of GDR6. The original 3080 launched at 10, but then they made a 12-gigabyte model. 320-watt TDP. That's the same as the 3080. Launch price? 12 hundred dollars they are charging almost twice what the 3080 cost for the equivalent skew that is fucking ridiculous this is not an affordable price for the high-end enthusiasts like i'm the kind of consumer that buys a 80 series graphics card i like to have a, a one of the higher end cards doesn't necessarily need to be the top skew but, uh, you know, I will pay the premium price for the premium performance within reason. I am not going to spend 1200 fucking dollars on a graphics card. I won't do it. It's not so, happening. Yeah. So what does that make the spread between the highest and lowest offering for the, uh, the 40 cards? Well, they only announced one other card, and that is the RTX... I'm not going to call it the 4080 12 gigabyte. That's what it is on their product page. But if you look at the fucking... And I hate that they did this. So they did this back with Pascal. You had the 1060. You had the 6 gigabyte, which was about a 980 equivalent performance. And you had the 3 gigabyte, which was about a 970 level card. So the VRAM and the, the core of the GPU itself was cut down. Um, that was a little less egregious because they released the 3 gigabyte model... A few months after the six gigabyte model so they weren't day and date together and that that's a mid-tier card we're talking about cards that cost like 250 dollars the 4070 ti what i'm going to call it because that's basically what it is it has 2000 less cuda cores and only 192 bit memory bus which is fucking ridiculous considering that like the 980 had a 256-bit memory bus. Mm -hmm. um, 285-watt TDP. They want $900 fucking dollars for a 70-series card. That's your entry level. That's, that's your entry level that's, into the That used series. to be the 70-series. Like yeah, and this is your entry level to the 80-series, which, you know, if it were actually an 80-series card would be okay if it were just a difference in VRAM and not a fucking neutered gpu uh that would be one thing but they're charging 900 fucking dollars for a card in the same tier as a card that cost 500 the generation before they want 400 more fucking dollars for the same well we should also say over yeah uh, uh, on a linear scale yeah on a on an index or a percentage basis that's almost double the price yeah it's it's fucking outrageous and those cards are going to come out in november amd has already announced they announced this like before nvidia went live with their um their keynote that um our dna3 cards are going to be available november 3rd 
and the 4080 is going to come out sometime in November. They didn't give a specific date. Listen to me, AMD. Listen to me well. You have a major opportunity to claw back a huge amount of market share. Because right now, the card that gamers buy is not made by NVIDIA. Like, mm-hmm. they're, they're going to continue to sell the 30 series because they have a lot which, of leftover inventory. Mm-hmm. And which, uh, which other uh, hardware provider just, just closed, the, just shuttered their doors? Oh, yeah, EVGA backed out of their partnership with NVIDIA. Well, not shut of their doors, yeah. Backed out of a partnership with NVIDIA, which, you know, from what they made it sound like was because of NVIDIA's bad behavior. And it makes, when you see these fucking prices, this is what the Founders Edition cards are going to launch for. By the time Mm -hmm. the AIBs get it, that 4090, probably going to cost close to $2,000. That 4080, probably going to be close to $1,300. That 4070 Ti probably going to be close to $1,200. And no one's going to want to buy at that price. So the the board partners are going to be the ones left holding the bag. And it's already not a large margin business to begin with. Right. Especially in in what I still understand is an ongoing, like the chip shortage is still, yep. it's, still it's on. It's better than it used to be, but it's still a real factor. But AMD, if you can get close to... Uh, Lovelace performance hmm. at much better performance per watt numbers. And RDNA 2 was pretty competitive with Ampere in pure raster operations. It fell behind a lot in ray tracing, but in my opinion, ray tracing is not something that you should really make your purchasing decision over. It's cool in some respects, but most of the time you don't notice it and a lot of times you're going to turn it off because you want the better performance. But if AMD can like come in and offer they can add prices yeah, they... like Nvidia's last generation for the equivalent SKUs and they're close even if they're behind. If they're like 7% and you know a lot more efficient in terms of power draw, they've got a real opportunity to claw back a lot of market share from Nvidia especially mm-hmm. with the EVGA uh, back out, because a lot of people I know personally only bought cards from EVGA. I bought my last two graphics cards from EVGA. They were a great company. A lot of people aren't going to buy a card if it's not made by EVGA, and that's a big blow to NVIDIA, and to come out with this pricing tier is another fucking slap in the face to consumers. NVIDIA's banking on selling to professionals and business people who I don't think are going to upgrade every generation. Because if you walk around your office, (laughs) tell me how recent those computers are. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So take it from a couple of blast processors (laughs) who know that if you can get it in the ballpark, yeah, you can compete. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm I'm rooting for you, AMD. Um, this might be, um, I wasn't planning on buying a 40 series graphic card. And, um, if NVIDIA doesn't knock their shit off, I probably won't buy a 50 series either. And we'll go AMD for my next card. I hope that they have better driver support this time around. Cause that was another thing with RDNA 2 that really hurt them. 
was the drivers weren't good. And I hope they have mm-hmm. better software support because that's really where NVIDIA like leads by a significant margin is that they are integrated in a lot more software packages to leverage the GPU. Uh, but they, this is a, this is so much worse than the 20 series pricing uplift. That was like, you know, a 25%, 30% increase in price. We're talking almost a hundred percent. We're talking like 75, 80% price increase across the board here for cards that better deliver these performance uplifts if they want to justify that kind of price. And it's all through DLS 3.0, which um, does some gypsy fucking magic to um, insert new frames, which sounds, the way they explain the technology in the keynote, it sounds a lot to me like motion smoothing on a television where you get that weird fucking soap opera effect that I absolutely hate. The interlacing? It's not, it's not like, I I think it might be interlacing. It's injecting B-frames on a television. This is using Mm -hmm. AI to predict, like, an insert new frames outside the rendering pipeline. I think I've seen that too, yeah. And... Um, from what I've read recently is that it comes at a relatively noticeable increase in latency. Um, now these cards aren't in hands of reviewers yet. This is a generation more than any other. You should always do this, but wait until independent third parties can validate the performance numbers of these cards never buy based on manufacturer numbers because they're going to cherry pick and pump them up to make them look as good as possible. And they're never going to live up to your expectations. Yeah. The, uh, the stakes, the, the prices have literally never been higher. (laughs) Yeah. Like, so buy smart. It's an investment. Wait Wait until RDNA three comes out before you buy this card or, or buy a 30 series card. There's going to be a glut of 30 series cards hitting the market, the used market, in the next month or two because Ethereum has merged. GPU mining is wicked unprofitable. So a lot of mining rigs are getting disassembled as we speak, and those cards are going to show up on eBay for steep discounts. Uh, And who knows? They'll maybe have an Ethereum still on them. They (laughs) they just left one in there. Yeah, and I'm not sure if this is affecting the crypto scene at all, but I know Twitch and probably other places soon are cracking down on crypto gambling sites that are not uh, U.S. based or U.S. uh, regulated. Um, So there was a big announcement the other day uh, by Twitch that they're banning all um, luck-based, basically offshore, non-U.S. regulated uh, crypto specifically or just gambling um, websites. Stake is a big one. Um, and oh, and is stake that's like all a like, specific one, or is that just proof of stake? No, stake uh, is a stake is a website. Okay, um, that uses uh, crypto gambling stuff, and they they are known for for like giving their sponsors or people who are sponsored by them like literally millions of dollars in their contracts sure. to just go and gamble with, and then share an affiliate code, which then 
people yeah. as long as sometimes children uh go and just use and that's uh, a, get addicted easily to gambling that's a fucking tale as old as time seed yeah. your advertisers uh gambles with good results let them feed their money that you pay them back into the loop and yeah. they get to be your free your subsidized advertising and it, it it's it's happened in this community before um with csgo lotto um there was uh csgo lotto gambling sites that you could uh gamble for like instead of crypto they were gambling yeah. for like, um skins or they were gambling for knives and that's yeah, I remember see, this like, was like what 2016 right yeah. when this shit yeah, was going yeah. down and there were a lot of really popular people who were playing those and they were there were even um, accusations that they were they were uh, showing their rigged uh, gambles. Sometimes they would lose, mm-hmm. but sometimes, and more often than not, they would be winning. Big. Like the so, the secret third man in the free card Monty scheme. Right. Yeah, Cl- classic confidence. Yeah. So uh, they're scheme. they're like sometimes playing on like rigged accounts or um, private servers that are set up that way to win. Uh, or increase their odds. So it, it, it's it been, that was terrible, and that got shut down on YouTube, and then now there's this stuff with Twitch, and you know, even Drake has gotten into this, like, uh, area of, of, like, crypto gambling, where... That he doesn't surprise me. He's... Fucking does yeah. roulette. He's got some questionable like, uh, decision-making. Yeah, it, it it's just like, it, that. there's so much money in it. There's so much money in it, and it... It like it's so much money to the point where it can turn people who are like morally against it to be like, ah, you know, maybe. You know, if you get that contract mm-hmm. that says you'll be getting every month a million dollars to just stream a set amount of time on our website, yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you like, know? It's, it is amazing just thinking about like these are classic cons that have been going on since time immemorial like if con artistry was an academically studied subject it would have a journal as deep as like fucking nature i'm sure yeah like it would be one of the most (laughs) one of the most elite and well-studied uh fucking disciplines in all of academia if if it was something that you people actually uh study you know scholarly studied but you know so this was a general W. This was a general W for Twitch. Um, but however, they did not ban stuff like sports betting um, or horse race betting. So well, of course, there was. They, well, they're that's also I think more spot, they're also I guess in their eyes. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not as bad. Or I don't it's think at it's at least like bigger. It's stuff. it's a it's a broader. It's I, I would know, say it's, it's slightly less sketchy than uh, so crypto gambling <laughs> sites. Yeah. It's ironic that this is all coming out now uh, because there literally was this massive story of a Twitch uh, streamer named Slicker who went around to all of these, like literally the list is like 50 to 100 people long of how many people he asked for money to, and he lied about, he's like, yo man, it's embarrassing, but like, I, I, I'm like stuck. I can't get back into the UK. I need a flight ticket or whatever. Um, he asked so many people, and so many people gave him money. And the amount of money that he scammed out of people was like something like three hundred fifty thousand dollars in total. And sometimes he's borrowing money to pay back people. Um, 
so he was actually doing sports betting. So there was this big debate on gambling on Twitch, and then Twitch comes out with this announcement that they're they're gonna go ahead and ban gambling. Um, so it was kind of like, oh great, it's because of what we just talked about, right? And it's like, well, that's not the, even the gambling that he would like. He'll still be able to do that if he wants to on Twitch, um, but there's only so much they can do. I think they have sponsors like FanDuel. Um, and they do like sports betting, so they, they can. And again, yes, it is, it is a little bit more legitimate, even though it's still, uh, gambling and addictive. Uh, it doesn't give you the same as much like serotonin and, and dumb monkey brain well, things as like the flashing colors yeah. of a roulette wheel. Will I, give you, I but... feel like part of it is also too, that like these sports betting sites, you know, there are states that they're legal in and there's some government oversight sure. to their operations that a sketchy crypto gambling site probably doesn't have well yeah that's and the there's thing, a like they... a greater risk of having your identity stolen or some other shit <laughs> yeah and i don't even think it's all luck-based gambling I, I'm, I'm pretty sure if you're like a website that is regulated in the u.s you probably could still do like a roulette wheel website which these guys will probably mosey on over towards that if that's their content and they want to keep on doing it so they're going to find a way they're, it's just a matter of time yeah um uh yeah no, that's uh Twitch is such is the way the scammer and the scammy nuts. they uh they're in in a perpetual dance much like <laughs> all the weird uncalled for dancing and and weird. today's feature uh, I mean, weird in that, like, it, it is totally out of place in, yeah. in this kind of movie. Or, I mean, in a in a equivalent Western movie, I should say. Because much like how Death Stranding is the first Strand-type game, uh, this is my first exposure to uh, the Tollywood style. Yeah. Um, and it's, so I think it's a different approach to Hollywood. filmmaking. <laughs> Hollywood needs to get back into the multi-genre type movies. I want my James Bond movie to also be a musical. And I want my Broadway musical to also have, you know... Did a, Jake just predict horror, uh, Hugh Jackman as the next James did Bond? Jake, <laughs> did Jake just say he wants to listen Maybe. to Spider-Man turn off the dark? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, I definitely see where you're coming from, Jake. So Kurt was he he let he was point man on this. Um, so when I talked to him the day after, he he started watching it. Uh, I say started because he we he did not finish it. And one I I was I was dedicated enough to finish it one go, but I have a feeling that this was not a universal thing for the rest of the studs here. Uh, no, um, I think we Jake and I both watched I it in parts. I split it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did take like intermissions, but um, for me, like kind of understanding what it, how it was going in, I treated this simultaneously like a binge watch of a miniseries, like a five, six episode miniseries, and also like an actual factual stage play, which often do take up to like three hours. Um, and they fully expect that like, yeah, you can go, you're going to want to pause and go for a piss break in the, in the middle of it. 
So I took yeah, I a couple sweating. like genuine intermissions. Yeah. I I was I was really engaged. I was more engaged than I thought I would. Um I I first my first introduction to RR was watching like the first 10 minutes trying to say, "Hey Kristen, let's watch it. It's all over TikTok." And she said, "No, get the fuck away from <laughs> me. Why are you what are you doing in my house?" Um so I only watched like the first 10 minutes and even that got me going. I was like, "What? What the fuck?" So I, like <laughs> I feel like it kind of gives you a little bit of a bait and switch though. Cuz the first 10 minutes are quite captivating. Maybe not necessarily for the right reasons, but they're they're captivating nonetheless. Then once you get into the meat of the movie, they kind of like flip the script on the viewer a little bit, and it's it's just a different movie for a while, and then it goes back to being the same movie that it was in the beginning. Well, I, think I think it's two movies in one, and I think they just at, took at the, the two very characters. Least. Yeah, at yeah. least two movies. I, I think they, I mean, they literally took they took like they gave uh, Ram uh, an entire movie and said, "Boom, there's you have a movie," and then like beam. You have a movie, and then they're like, "What? Let's just make them best friends and smush them together," because they both did their own thing for the most part, and like, you know, they just they they just fought together a couple times, or they fought each other a couple times. And that was pretty dope. So yeah, like at the beginning, they do a really good job. Uh, it's hard to to dance around this without spoilers. So let's, well, let's spoiler three. Um, I I don't know if I necessarily recommend watching all of RRR. Um, definitely seek out clips. And if you are intrigued by the clips, uh, maybe go down and watch it. It's not a bad movie, necessarily. It's very different from most movies I've I've seen or, or that, you know, come out of the West. But... Um, right. I I was looking up a lot of reviews and summaries of this movie to try to, you know, make sure I understood what the fuck was going on. Um, and this movie is getting so much praise heaped upon it, and I really don't think it's that good. It's certainly a spectacle. It's certainly entertaining. But um, it's not, like, going to win an Oscar for Best Foreign Film. Right. Um, yeah, I would say you can go into this movie and have a good time. Um, just in the same way, like you don't sit down on a Saturday afternoon and watch Lord of the Rings, (laughs) um, for, for the Western perspective. Um, you don't sit down and watch all three Star Wars at once, you know, Um, you, you know, you have to know what you're going, that you're going to commit to this. Um, if you're gonna sit down and watch it, but it is, it is full of action. Um, it has a pretty straightforward story. It's not like twisty or you know trying to get you lost. I mean, there's a lot of shit going on, but it really it's it follows a rom com. It's the rom com arc, um, yeah. just played over three hours. Um, the technology of the film is not. I would say up to par with with Hollywood. Um, oh, the, there are certain parts. So that whole like train scene was all 
real life practical effects. Right. And it has a tendency in my eyes towards older Hollywood. Like I'm thinking of like Ben Hur, right? Where they mm. the I feel like there's probably a lot of CGI in some of the large crowd scenes, but I'm also willing to wager that be, with this being the largest budget production out of India, um that there are probably a lot of mass crowd scenes where you can yeah. just hire yeah. a thousand extras and like two thousand extras. The other thing, animal CGI. There are no animals in this. I think except for the horses. They felt the need to warn you that all so, animals, or most mm-hmm. of the animals, they might have not listed one, but they listed out like every animal that appears in the movie and and tells you that basically they're all CGI. Just in case yeah. you couldn't tell by looking at any of them. Right. And I learned, I learned that this was because animal cruelty laws in India are like really fucking strict. Yeah. So they have to, they have to really lay on the fact that like they can't just, I guess you can't just put a no animals were harmed sticker at the end credits like we do here, like humane society approved. Um, They have to really like lean in on it. But Um, I don't think they could even use like, they can't even use like stock footage of like something like, some of it like is already taken of like a tiger or whatever. Right. So I, I think they like there was no mm. practicality to any of the animals whatsoever. Which is um, very and, and it did it did hurt them in a lot of ways because that that was obviously the most notable aspect of the movie that was kind of rough to watch. Um and, and you know, they they try to spruce mm-hmm. it up where they could, but you know, yeah. they use them a lot, which I was like, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. This isn't your strong suit, and this is you're using it. Like well, they were so proud of their visual effects. Like, well, yeah. I, I, I by I, the standard of Indian cinema, I guess they're top notch. I got, I, but maybe, like in a lot of the marketing for RRR, I remember when it first came out, and we we talked about it on the follow up, and we're like, "What the fuck is this movie? What does RRR stand for?" Um, and I think it was a spotlight film. Um, yeah, rise, roar, revolt, revolt. Yeah, yeah, revolt. Um, a lot of the releases about the movie like touted its visual effects, like a lot of the the press junkets and whatnot. So they're they were very proud of of the effects quality, and they leaned into that yeah. a lot. I'm not mm-hmm. surprised it was featured as much, but um, yeah, it 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 would be impressive for Hollywood in like the early 2000s, I'd say. But by today's standard, I mean, if, it's yeah, a little dated. If um, Bollywood cinema is anything like what I've seen on Indian TikTok, then yeah, okay, this is really good because those are really bad. I will but, say um, that though the technology might not be up to what we consider standard of the day, like the filmmaking, the the stylistic eye that uh, Rajamouli has, and a lot of the fundamentals of filmmaking, like the framing of scenes, their camera um, was the camera was work, very the good lighting work too, because really on point. For, and I think that kind of hurts it in a lot of ways because like the CG stands out so much more because the rest of the movie very pleasant to look at, like mm-hmm. very very nice looking movie, good sound design a sli- too. A slideshow of this movie would be excellent. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and even some yeah. of the still shots, like when the animals aren't moving, they don't look half bad. Especially if, if it's the only thing in the frame, like if it's with a real person, you know, it looks a little less good. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I I would uh, 
I would recommend it. I I think you need to let your inhibitions go a little bit with this, and you need to like, like have the movie take you a little bit. Uh, you know, just kind of give yourself to the movie. Uh, watch it with some friends. Watch it with a, with a drink. I mean, make a make an mm-hmm. event out of it. Make a nice night. And um, because it can be really fun to watch this movie. You can have fun yeah, with if, it. it. It's you one of those have like. To be like Oh, a bullet would never do that. Wait, those were bolt action, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, it's it's. Wait, he's not that strong, is it's he? It's really fun, kind of turn off your brain sort of action. Um, it's like a perfectly mid movie. Like this, would, when I used to give my my ten point scale ratings for every movie, this would be uh, a really good embodiment of what a five would be, where you know there's nothing really bad about the movie necessarily but there's nothing that's like super standout either or if there is it all kind of averages out to be right in the middle and i think that's kind of where this is because you know some of the storytelling and uh you know the pacing of the movie certainly is not great but uh and the action is fucking ridiculously over the top like this fucking Think of the most Even, ridiculous action movie you've ever seen. It's tame in compared to her. Yeah, right. You mean you didn't like that like thirty minute flashback to what do I? Oh, you mean do you mean the flashback or the flashback within the flashback? Or the flashback within the other person's flashback oh. that took place in the first flashback, but is in a I mean, separate timeline flashback, from the other flashbacks. I think the flashback in the flashback was really critical. They needed to to show that. We and, have to go uh, deeper. Yeah. And yeah. and like some of the editing choices were choices. Uh. Yes, there was there was one technique that they really liked to use, um, which they used inconsistently. Which was like half the time for a slow mode, they would go to higher frame rates to get good temporal resolution. Like what you know, what we think of as like just just really you know slow mo. Yeah, obviously you double the frames, you half the speed, slow mo, boom. But other times they would use like a inverse they would half the speed and half the frame rate, so yeah. it would get like you get the choppy effect. Usually during like a reaction shot, like you'd hear a you'd hear an explosion off to the side, and the characters would all turn to react to it. Um, but it would be in like half in like half the number of frames per second. Yeah, and it was it was a little inconsistent. Things like that, but it, make, it well, makes some, up and for things like you know a continuity scenes. error here or there, you yeah. know. Um, so overall, like it's it's certainly an entertaining movie, um, and there are, there are worse ways to spend your time. Um, if you want to like fast forward through bits of it, um, it's not like a a story that is going to to move and inspire you um, with how beautiful it is. If you're into anime, it will, because this was, there was strong, I'm getting, I get strong anime vibes from this. An Indian anime out of Bollywood would fucking slap. It would. <coughs> it would absolutely go is hard. Is this not what RRR was? Like, I, that's what I was thinking, too, is like. It's close if, with all the CGI. If, if Netflix adapted anime in this style, I think it would work. Like. If you did like a bleach movie, but it was like this level of of uh over the top, 
I think you could make it work. Yeah. So I'm um, we'll we'll pull the veil back on spoilers. I don't think we're gonna run down the plot of this three hour movie. Well, I mean, you can do it in broad it's, strokes pretty, pretty simply. Yeah. So we have two characters um who are both revolutionaries. One is kind of like an inside man, the other's a jungle man. Mm-hmm. And and they are fire and water, which I do appreciate that they use those yep. motifs throughout the movie. Yeah, That's yeah. a dedication to theme that a lot of movies I've seen just they they, they aren't going to commit to. Um, sometimes they're heavy-handed with it, sometimes they're yeah, this is a, little very, bit, little, a little bit more this, artistic. Yeah, this movie is, very is not uh, not a movie that uh, specializes in subtlety. I'll, I'll put it like I, like I know directors who use subtext and they're all cowards. I like the, the fact that the songs, the song kind of kind of tell you about it is there is a little on. bit of black like, dynamite to the song like explaining what's happening when the song this. is explaining what's happening in the scene and the song is including their names or or it's like uh the one the ones how could the you first do this to did, your best friend yeah. who you're the, beating up right now they're like oh my god look at these oh two my guys so strong and they're gonna be some best of the friends. fucking um lines in the songs are hilarious like the one at the end for for raj after he like you know embraces his inner revolutionary and has shit on his face and longer hair and a bow and arrow he's he's doing he is the incarnation <laughs> if you look of, at the uh, fucking it? song lyrics uh, it's like his fucking charm as emperor is grandiose or yeah. something like that it's like what what did he become an emperor <laughs> Like I'm he sure. was the uh, he was the embodiment of uh, he was a reincarnation of some uh, some guy. Mm-hmm. Oh, we how, should know. So strong. Um, not that it really matters to anyone. We listened to this. We we got the Hindi version. I think we said this earlier. Hubs versus Tubs. <laughs> I'm sure there's a fight out there. <laughs> versus the Telugu versus the Hindi. We almost all watched this in Portuguese. Because that was the default. Oh, topic. Yeah. yeah, for whatever Janet reason. Realized forty minutes. Yeah, in. <laughs> I was I was watching it, and then they're doing the song in the beginning, and I'm like, "This movie's in Hindi. Why is the dubbing so bad? If it's in Hindi." And then I I listened to the song a little closer. I'm like, "That doesn't sound like Hindi." Because like I've as I've alluded to, I worked for a brief time, but you know, mm-hmm. a fiscal quarter in an Indian owned and operated company so i i know what hindi sounds like and that was not it and so i checked the language settings hoping to find like an english dub uh no such luck but i did discover that it defaults to brazilian portuguese for some reason um but if you change it back to hindi it's fine a lot of the movie like a huge chunk of the movie surprisingly is in english like all the english actors speak english mm-hmm. and one of the main characters also speaks a great deal of english the other speaks no english um mm-hmm. it is interesting to hear what the what the uh, indian conception of english dialogue is like cuz it's it's really close it's just a little a little different yeah um just flavor wise and that was, that was nifty to be like oh okay to be kind of have that be on the other side and have that perspective on it because you know we're usually the ones where when we're watching a movie someone else will be speaking in like a different language from us yeah and they get we just get the subtitles and i'm you know you wonder how how accurate the dialogue is tonally and you know technically to what the subtitles were being shown and so being on the other side of that's kind of an interesting experience you also kind of wonder 
if because uh, like as we mentioned the the movie is dubbed into Hindi um it was mm-hmm. not originally in that language so you kind of wonder how that's one of the reasons why I I don't love foreign movies as much uh, at least ones where I don't speak the language which is all of them except you know some Spanish movies that are not too too advanced in the dialogue um because I find it harder to evaluate the actors performances because I'm reading subtitles you know like I can see how expressive they are but you can make a face and still deliver a line pretty poorly um and I have no concept of whether or not they're hitting the right notes on on the lines here and also like i'm at the mercy of whoever wrote the subtitles to their interpretation of the dialogue yeah um um in this case i i'm reading it here well no the not the translator sorry i was gonna sai sai mata uh bora did the actual dialogue right but that's not the translated dialogue yeah um, so I, I wonder if this this lost something in the conversion to Hindi. Um, so yeah, basically, uh, our man Ram is a inspector in the British police. He's kind of like an undercover, lying in wait for like I don't know what his plan would have been had he not met uh, Breen. Well, I think he was just trying to work his way up normally yeah. through the system until he could get to the point where he could get. Eventually, we learn this: the guns. He could get access to yeah. the guns. That was very late, late, late in the story. They they, they kind of dropped that, that on, yeah, and it was like right after you know, where where an Beam's emotional story climax. is kind of um, uh, Beam Beam's kind of straightforward, and they they say, okay, well, he's gonna like go undercover as like a Muslim, and and but he's really going there to uh, rescue a a girl that was. I don't know if they were actually related because they call everybody brothers. Yeah, sister, they're just from uncle. the same tribe. So Sam tribe, a little girl was kidnapped. Um, so he, he wants to bring her back and rescue her. She's like mm-hmm. fucking enslaved by these right by the, the English, who bad get, English. Vince who McMahon are wishes he so could get this villainized cheeky. in this. It's it's almost well comical, the history of uh, in right. Indian British relations that. is not a particularly rosy uh, one. I, I understand that. I'm totally fine with that. I agree with you, though, that they are just cartoon characters. They were like the the fucking the the lady, the governor's wife was so over the top evil. Yeah. Like, I'm surprised she didn't go. Hey, after she's like, here, use this whip. So I fucking has it. She just has this fucking thorn. whip. That was, that was yeah. funny that she just had that on hand, but I laughed super hard at that for another reason. So I, I'm the current book I'm listening to on Audible is uh, Toast on Toast. It's Matt Berry writing a fake autobiography for his Toast of London character, Stephen Toast, which he narrates in character. And uh-huh. he spends like half a chapter talking about how... Uh, as a boy, he got really into like flagellation and the history of it, and he like talked about that exact kind of whip. And so when she just pulled it out, I was like, "Oh my god, that's a real thing!" Full circle. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. So which it's, lear- it's, now that you said that, so that even fucking makes it crazier. Like, oh yeah, that that was probably an actual fucking yeah tool. 
you know, they, they're characterized as these, these evil people, but, like, all this shit they did. So it's, like, also, mm-hmm. like, huh. and we And we should mention that, that like, this is obviously a, a revised history. Like, it's a based... It's a based on a true story kind of thing where like, yes, these people, the two main characters are based on real people Um, to the best of my fact finding. uh, Neither of them had superpowers, uh, which they clearly have in this movie. Like fucking they totally fucking fucking Ram is harder to kill than Wolver goddamn Reen. (laughs) I'm sorry. Did you see Beam stop the motorcycle driving at him? And then pick it up over like his head. Yakuza. No, I was too. And toss I was it. too busy watching him grab a fucking British soldier by the wrist and fucking throw him arm first onto the antler of a random passing by stack. Yeah. <laughs> Can I also mention? I did not expect how fucking. Oh my this god! Movie Some of these be. fucking kills, like the fucking um, girl in the beginning, who's trying to you know get the 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 little girl back who gets fucking mm-hmm. murked with the tree branch i'm like jesus fucking christ that's brutal yeah yeah <laughs> that and was that fucking, was just the tip was of the Jan- iceberg that was Django mode right yeah there, right yeah quentin tarantino had the he had the restraint to save tarantino that until halfway would fucking blush at this movie <laughs> <laughs> like the amount of arrows to the throat that they just show oh, oh fucking the arrow that Ramas? almost went into his eye yeah and it's like oh i got saved he turns his head and then he gets he steps the arrow the rest of the way through his brain. Ah! <laughs> yeah, that like this was the Hawkeye movie that we never got. <laughs> this was a more grotesque whipping scene than anything that the Passion of the Christ had to offer. Mel Gibson, do better. <laughs> yeah. That was the second, that scene, that wh- pivotal whipping scene is also the second musical number in, in the movie. Yes. And it just fucking comes out of fucking nowhere and it just yeah the movie continues like it never happened afterwards they even reference it they're like hey y'all heard that song he sang yeah Yeah. he was singing he actually sang and it 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 gave him the the strength to to go on and not kneel and it (laughs) Like Mother Nature, like wipes, like touches him on the face. It's like you got this, buddy. <laughs> you got this. Hey, just sing it out. Hey, just sing, sing it your out feelings. for me, real quick. He gets sack tapped by a leaf and says, "All right, I gotta bust out my my music for this." Like at the same time, though, it also follows like really classic conventions of like music theater. Like when the it's like in opera in the aria, like. It is classically like this is in aria like when a person needs to express a fuck ton of emotion and they can't do it through words sing you out. sing it yeah you do the sing when you can't sing you do the dance and that it, the build up was it was right where it should be if this was a, a strict musical but I would uh, not that does describe not it as such fact that yes he is being as he is being fucking whipped he is. Singing he's song. singing his song and, and he's just like letting letting the hits roll off him um um this is we should not br- uh, brush past the fact so yeah i we're we're jumping around um yeah we have ram the the fire he is the fire with the capital r on the inside and we have beam who is from the village he is the shepherd and he gets to fight a tiger in his introduction scene yeah and then they have their meat cute in Delhi. which they they have no idea who they are 
as uh, you just see each other. They're like, hey, and and they hey. instantly understand hand signals. Do we just become best friends? And they they team to, to save a passerby, and they yeah they become best friends, and they start a business together. And the fact that Rams like an inspector general hunting a uh, would be assassin of the uh, you know whatever Duke the governor the governor yeah uh, is is completely put on hold. But the beginning of this movie really sets you up because the Rams introduction is you know. There's a bunch of protesters. They throw a rock at the governor. He's like, arrest that man. And he fucking missed that one dude leaps out into in the crowd. crowd and then he's like beating back all these thousands of people, taking so many hits to try to arrest this fucking guy. And they're just like, yeah, Roger Malou's like, hey, you remember that climactic fight from The Matrix Revelations? Yeah. <laughs> Where he fights every every Anderson, yeah, all Smith. the all the Smiths. All right, we're gonna start our movie with that one. Yeah, and and the, that's his fucking introduction, and then and Beam fucking fights a goddamn tiger, and they like at the at the end of their introductions, you know, they 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 establish that these are the forces in this movie, and they're on a path to meet because uh, Rand's given the assignment to find the would be uh, assassin. And and stop him. And you know, they, they showed you this fucking ridiculous display of strength from both men, and you're like, I'm fucking hyped to see these guys fucking collide in the climax of the movie. But then psych, they meet ten minutes later, they have no idea who they are, and they're friends for the majority of the fucking movie. They they do the mo the best fucking handshake with the fake out title card. Which is the third or fourth title card. 40 minutes into the movie, they have a title card. Like, now now that we've introduced all these guys, we can... I know we had you waiting, but we can start the movie. Yeah, and they just... Here's how we started out with a 10-minute bromance montage over our title song. And and he helps him... He helps Beam, you know, with his girl, and... They hang out in the wilderness just doing squats, getting... Getting strong, getting ripped, and then in their lane, focused. They, uh, he actually remembers that he has a job as an inspector general, <laughs> and uh, finds out. Um, well, uh, Bream goes to visit Jen, Jenny, Jenny. Jenny. Yeah, because that was that was like that was actually a pretty good joke. Where he's like, they don't. There's the language barrier, so she said, you know, he asks her her name, and she says, "Don't, you know." Don't call me by my long name. Call me Jenny. But since she says that in English, he thinks that's like her whole name. Yeah. Uh, and of course, like they, Ram explains it later because again, there's no subtlety in this. Everything needs to be uh, explained. Yeah. <laughs> but while I was there, it was a good joke. Yeah. So he goes um, to his house and 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 finds the girl he's been looking for. So he now knows that she's there, but she for whatever reason he deems it's too dangerous to try to get her out there, despite. You know, with very little additional preparation, he assaults the more heavily yeah. fortified same location later in the movie. But uh, that takes place, and uh, Ram finds out from the, the informant he was chasing earlier in the movie uh, about Beam being the, uh, the would-be assassin. And so finally, after this uh, bromance diversion, they do deliver on the promised conflict between the two supermen and it's a pretty fucking baller fight scene like i really enjoyed the the lead up to that (laughs) 
fight scene and then the fight scene itself with them fighting each other and fucking Ram getting stabbed in the heart with sharp stones and just shrugging that shit off. Yeah, the fucking the like he Beam brings out he has like fucking Wolverine stones that he just pulls out. Like and we I should not gloss over, like as crappy as the the animal CG was. The scene where they slide drift a truck full of every dangerous animal in India's forests to jump out simultaneously. I'm like, Jake, if you if the druid in your next party does not do this move, you need to get a new party. <laughs> which which also might I add includes I think I saw like two deer. Yes. yes, that's the, the one gets gored two. on. That stag, the stag gets one of the most gruesome kills in yeah. the fucking fight scene. It's like I know, I know, deer are like can get like scared and might be territorial, but like, don't exactly know if a deer would just Although go around they, kicking they weren't people. Shown as being particularly aggressive, the kills that they were involved in were largely just they happened to be there. <laughs> yes, like there's a lot of like conveniently placed things to get gored on like uh in a later action scene when uh ram uh his his move is made as a revolutionary right um he he rolls out of his cart and just gets fucking stabbed in the kidney by a random tree branch (laughs) yeah Oh, that was my, I think that was my favorite scene in the entire <laughs> The car blows was... up and the old colonel just perfectly when... composed, grabs his rifle out <laughs> yeah. of the air and shoots. The governor, the... <laughs> the governor knows something's up ever since he shook Because he Ram's sees hand. one speck of dust on Rom's fucking hand. <laughs> yeah. So he starts, he's like, that tree looks oddly leaned over. Go faster, driver. Goes faster. Rom starts gunning it. And all of a sudden, pulls the trip wire, tree falls down, governor's car flips. As soon as I saw that <laughs> rifle pop up in the oh back, my. perfectly <laughs> level and within arm reach, I know he's going to shoot. <laughs> Grabs the rifle. Perfect. He, he comes Just out of slow motion in midair. <laughs> His quick time event, he presses <laughs> X at the right time and he, he shoots Rom's car. Rom's car defies physics goes sideways Dude, fast and the furious could could learn a thing or two from rrr's car-based action yes. how does how does a bullet everything i've learned in physics class has been a fucking lie i don't know what they're teaching indian kids over in, well you see because the coriolis schools. effect they're in the the lower yeah, hemisphere, the hemisphere. <laughs> i guess bullets do spin when they come out so that spin must have torqued the entire vehicle sideways, taking its front momentum completely out of the equation. You know how when they're like, hey, don't worry about the resistance of air? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't this in this problem we said don't, don't worry, worry about the resistance worry of about gravity. Momentum. <laughs> yeah. Momentum and- is negligible. And mm. you are in a simulator and we're just gonna have the car go sideways tossing Ram out of it and yep. impaling himself on a tree, which then he spits up blood, mm-hmm. but he fully recovers, baby. Right, Dude cannot be kept down. Like, <laughs> I, I feel bad that I got sold on any of these near deaths because I know it's an Indian movie and everyone, it's going to have a happy ending with a possible wedding and everyone gets a dance He has... Like, this is how it happens. But I got tricked. I can't believe I fell for it. Thickest plot and, armor I've ever seen. Like, yeah, when he got bit is, by that snake, 
um, I had zero. I, I did not believe for a second that he it's was terrible. in in danger, because it's incredible. Because I, I thought Except he, for this I thought poultice. yeah, they they did a better job of like, oh yeah, that that was actually a big moment because that's when he comes back to they to learn fight. of yeah. the the betrayal or the um, but he gets hit by the the snake venom. Um, he did need help to recover. Um, they just rubbed some special sand on him and gave him yeah. gave him a, a rope to wear around his neck the whole it was the holy thread of of uh beams people which at the end of the assault on the palace scene like again subtext nowhere to be found <laughs> they are lit like he's falling off the edge and rom and beam are literally held together by the holy <laughs> thread and then they fucking put the bronze on it and they're like this is the end of act two <laughs> Yeah. Symbolism. Like the it's like symbolism is just flashing <laughs> yeah. neon letters. Yeah, it was, it was all the subtlety of fucking man of steel with the Jesus symbolism. <laughs> yeah. I mean literally, and during the last um action scene, which is after the one that we were just talking about, which is the second action scene which would be considered a climactic scene in any other movie but they pull a Django unchained and they're like you Psych, thought this was there's the end? forty nope. minutes left. <laughs> <laughs> 40 minutes during which uh rom literally become like he literally dresses up and becomes almost an incarnation of shiva yeah that was something else and yeah that really kick-ass song and one of the most ridiculous things i've ever seen in a movie ever where uh they they the prison break scene no they take the palace well the i laughed during the prison break because he's doing pull-ups in his chain and they're like yes his little tiny obliette he's (laughs) yeah they they put him down in the solitary cell and he's got like two inches here he can lift himself off the ground he's still doing pull-ups he's gotta get buff gotta get strong (laughs) (laughs) and yeah they have like this is as i've seen in some of the comments on the reviews for this movie this has been a good year for action scenes in which one person rides on another person's shoulders. Yeah, the fucking chicken Between... fight. <laughs> yeah. The greatest thing. I the see him ch- up on his shoulders and I'm like, chicken fight. <laughs> and he's just punching down on people. It's yeah. fucking hilarious. Fucking... They... I, I like how they have the attention to detail to sometimes have him like, hey, you chamber the round, right? Yeah, and then other times they're just like, "Nah, just shoot." <laughs> yeah, no, they were like, "All right, we need. How are we gonna make this? How are we gonna make our guy dual wield Garand?" <laughs> I know we're gonna have him on the other guy's shoulders, and he's gonna do fucking. He's gonna hang off like dual wielding them off to each side. Oh my fucking god! So that was just, that was just a scene. That was just a but scene. But the most the the thing I was alluding to, the most ridiculous thing I've seen in a movie perhaps ever is they they take the palace essentially by um shooting a flaming arrow into a motorcycle which they then proceed to catapult into the palace and it just happens to land where they stockpile all the explosives. And, of course, any open flame near an explosive will cause it to explode with full force. And then those explosions will chain into other explosions. So for about five fucking minutes, that's just explosions and people getting flung from the building. But the governor's fine. (laughs) Because you need to kill him personally and deliver 
like again, I haven't seen one-liners this good since the fucking eighties. <laughs> like it was again, again better callbacks than a lot of movies <laughs> I've seen. The fucking the callback game in this movie is strong. Um, yeah, but they shoot him. They say the line that he told them at the beginning of the movie about um, how much the bullet's worth. Yeah. He died. Yeah, how much it's worth. And as he dies, the blood splatters on the the British Empire, which apparently they keep the slogan of the British Empire on all their maps. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, I, like it's it's, it's to I know warn on all them. American maps. We say "Land of the Free, Home of the Brave." We put that on all our map, like yeah. on the in the corner of the flag. There's little, you know, they print that. Well, right you next see, to the Peter, they China. need to warn their sailors that the sun will never set when they're traversing through the British Empire. <laughs> Don't use star maps. You know, we have to. We, well, there'll be no sun. The only sun. That's your only star. No, no nighttime. <laughs> yeah, your only star is the sun. Just keep sailing towards that, and you'll find your way. You'll to hit something England. eventually. Yep. Um, Which is ironic because England is not known for its sun. It's not, no, that's why they went. That's why they went conquering. They had to find. That's the why sun. they had to, they had to find sun. the sun. They were all pasty. They wanted. They wanted some vitamin D. Little did you know that the Beatles were actually. <laughs> Highly nationalistic. It was a historical. Uh, Noted fascist John Lennon. The sun. (laughs) Do 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 do. Um. So yeah, we skipped over the entire child soldier flashback arc. Don't worry about it. He was a child soldier. It's his origin story. That was a good arc for Rom. They just shoved this very important part of his character right in at the very end. There's like 30 minutes left in the movie at this point. And that they just had to get that out there as motivation for for why he's about to mm-hmm. become a revolutionary. Yep. And then again, in true Bollywood Tollywood fashion, happy ending for everyone. Everyone falls in love, gets married, uh, big dance number. And because this was a, a this is a historical drama, this is in the historical genre. Um, as part of their final act, they do the fucking the uh, the tribute to all the regions of India. Here's our, you know, which A plus. Yeah. yeah. It's like as as an American, <laughs> like, yep, that's the kind of shit I'd I, I would see in, in a super patriotic movie. Like ending your movie, like, here's to all the states. And then like you show a montage of every state. Yeah. And like New England has Tom Brady. Just like the fucking end of um, <laughs> Living in America. Living in America just starts naming city. Washington. <laughs> Atlanta, New York City. This was that was literally this. This was the the India. It's living in India. <laughs> living in India. Punjab. You know, Delhi. I was I was thinking. I'm like, what what would an American version of a Bollywood movie be like? And where it's like super nationalistic, super patriotic, super fascist. You know, super imperialistic. Is that is that a, a trend in Bollywood movies that they're all imperialistic? <laughs> well, no, 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 no. They're they're their own thing. Their whole thing is like, hey, we got invaded. I remember? think the closest thing to a Bollywood and, movie in up. Hollywood is like the Fast and the Furious series, at least the later installments, yeah. where they just don't give yeah. a shit about how ridiculous it looks. They're gonna put in the movie. And it's it's mm-hmm. gonna be a fun action romp that you have to turn your brain off to enjoy, and but there's no songs in it. That's true. That I mean, well, we don't mix genres 
in, in the United States like that. We keep them separate. We keep them separated. Segregation, yeah. very big in the United States <laughs> in the it's, 60s. It's and it's carried over a little bit into filmmaking. I get it. It's like it's like liquor before beer. You're in the clear. Don't put songs yeah, in your Fast and Furious before Beer before liquor, never sicker. Or um, if you're not a pussy, get drunk quicker. <laughs> Well, I actually don't so, know if that's like happened to me recently. Yeah. All right. Well, I've been tracking my my liquor, my liquor good. slash beer. Because I just pick one. I don't. I other. don't drink beer much anymore because a lot of a lot but of carbs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah a lot mm-hmm. of carbs makes me gassy. I have worse hangovers. And you you just generally after. get less for your money with beer than you do liquor. Yeah. And I'm all about doing things on a budget. (laughs) Um, So, with with the final note that, um, very patriotic, I don't necessarily condone the politics of India. I don't know a lot about the political situation. I just want want to throw that out The only thing I really Um, know about the politics of India is that the uh, caste system, well, strictly speaking, illegal, is still alive and well. And um, it, they they yeah, would have I, both had to have been tribals for them to get along, <laughs> because if <laughs> if he was from a higher caste, uh, this movie would not be made because there'd be a lot of uh, outrage about that. I've yeah. seen it firsthand; it's kind of depressing, honestly. But uh, they did they did elect a prime it's, minister from the untouchable class though and that was a big moment of progress for the country. Mm-hmm. And I mean this movie is nothing if not aspirational. Yeah, uh there's there's it, it's basically a political screed uh masquerading as, a, as an action <laughs> movie. Um and uh but it's again it's not like we've ever seen those before on our continent. No, I so. mean it's it's I'll, Turnabout's fair play, we'll I guess. Um, yeah. uh, and with that, I want to. We do want to end this before. We, we do want to keep this shorter than the movie we watched, mm-hmm. which we thought would be easier than it was. Yeah. And yet here we, we are. We had a lot more to say about again, uh, the movie than I anticipated. Yep. So that is that is it this week. Um, catch us next week with Cobra Kai. Yeah, we'll have Cobra Kai. Cash me outside, and uh, we'll have something the week after but yeah that's gonna wrap it up for uh three 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 uh reviewing rrr and uh until next time be well stay safe and party like it's 1995 peace bye-bye